Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Just a quick recap. We've got um, the final two spots for each of the women's categories. In the leading uh, ladies, we've got Marge Gunderson from Fargo as the one seed, performed by Frances McDormand, uh, going up against Ellen Ripley uh, from the Alien series, uh, performed by Sigourney Weaver as the three seed. In the supporting ladies category, we've got the heavy tilt between Princess Leia Organa at the one seed from Star Wars, performed by Carrie Fisher. Uh, going up against the two seed of Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction, as performed by Uma Thurman. Uh, gentlemen, I take you now back to the men's side of the bracket, um, where we will dive into the 16 leading male characters. Um, and I guess if you guys are good, I'm good, and we can get this party on the road. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I'm uh, Brutes Vitaglia from the north side. True. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh returning guest mike Warren. Mike Warren, is it sorry of are you of anything of um i'm of Ooh. airedale and more recently uh smoke and yes. mirrors media check us out instagram facebook or just the website smoke and mirrors i i'm honestly not trying to help you plug your um plug but um i don't know about this what is this tell me more um, just, a, <laughs> it's just a videography and photography service. So, I mean, if you're, uh, if nudes? you're an artist, what's that? Nudes. Nudes. I can do nudes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can, we can arrange for nudes. I'll have to Good. talk to the Good wife to first, but, uh, we'll have see, to that's see. an advantage you have, you have over those old school, you know, you're, uh, you're, I mean, I'll have to bleep this out, but like your <laughs> and stuff, you know, like that's, you know, he's not like rocking he's not, up. Yeah. He's not going to do nudes. <laughs> <for> <laughs> <a shopper. laughs> So you got you got yeah. you got the advantage uh, well, I, there. I, I think, think so. You know? Yeah. No, exactly. Like they we're, won't uh, we're, we'll do anything you want. Yeah. Um, I yeah, am still so, James Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, photography and videography, as far as it goes, for if you're an artist or if you're a small local business or whatever, and you need some pictures for your website or your social media, or you need a video maybe to promote yourself on YouTube or whatever. Uh, hit me up. I got all the right equipment. I got all the right tools and the creativity, and uh, I'm doing have, doing work pretty cheap right now because I got to get my name out there. So, should have had you on the pod, the uh, pod last week with uh, uh, guitarist Cam Thomas. We could have tried to recruit you into doing a music video for us. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, luckily you're in the band, so we still can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. It's something changed. <laughs> we've been we've been Dude. featuring ultimatum music really heavy the last week or so. Please tell me if we need to stop doing that. <laughs> I hate those bastards now. True. It's, it's a real Pink Floyd situation going on. Oh, um, <laughs> well, 
At least it hasn't gotten to the Eagles yet. That's the main thing. Oof, I don't I don't know what's which is worse, honestly. But ooh, that is true. Actually, I guess Pink Floyd was pretty. God damn. I don't remember any of the Eagle guys leaving and being like, you can't be the Eagles or I'm going to sue you for being the Eagles. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Maybe they hated each other that no one asked. That's how that bad the be, hatred that was. Could be a th- that seems about right. They walked out, didn't look back kind of thing. To the men. We should do a bracket Shall of we? bands that hate each oh, other Oh, that time. would be a long bracket. <laughs> well, but we'll cut it down to like really heavy rivalries okay. though. Like you got your Oasis. You got your one seeds. You got Oasis, your Pink Floyds, Fleetwood right? Mac, Pink Floyd, and the Eagles. Those are your one seeds. Those are probably the four big ones, yeah. I would say, that I know of anyway. Those are the big ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that one. Um, okay. Uh, Maybe it's not the end of the bracket series. Uh, <laughs> it's never really the end. Until then, we've got the leading men characters, uh, Indiana Jones as the one seed from the Indiana Jones series, as performed by Harrison Ford, going up against mm. the 16 seed Ron Burgundy of the Anchorman series, as performed by Will Ferrell. Here, I'm not making the argument, but I'm saying you actually probably could. They're actually pretty close in terms of iconicism when you really think about it. I don't like, know that. There's more Indiana Jones movies, but like, there's probably just as much like cultural reference between both of them. Uh, I mean, it's Indiana Jones for me. The, the, the issue with Ron Burgundy is that uh, iconic, yes, but Ron Burgundy's sort of a composition of every man from the 70s and so the originality there to me is pretty low whereas indiana jones like you you have an interesting backstory um you know on the surface level he's kind of just a guy but there's a lot of other things that kind of add to it and i will say like on the men's side the degree of separation between seeds is very very low like a, a a one and a 16 seed not in this instance but like a you know what i mean like the, the low seed, you could very easily make arguments for uh, every single one of these matchups, I think. So, it's going to be tough, but um, Indiana Jones is a one seed for a reason, and I happen to agree with that because I made the bracket. So, <laughs> I'm going Indiana Jones. Uh, um, I know I made the bracket, but it is one thing I will say. I think, I think pretty much everyone else kind of made him a one seed, and I'm, I, I would have put him like two, three, four, somewhere in there, but he's... Still fucking Indiana Jones. So. Yeah. It's the professor. He's Indy. He teaches university, you know, archaeology. He goes out and Fuck. defeats the Nazis. Like, Do you yeah. think, I'll have to bleep this out, do you think perhaps <laughs> was just Indiana Jones? Who? Mike wouldn't know. But. <laughs> no. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> continue on with your Indiana Jones rant. Oh, no rant. Just, um, he's one of, I would say, like, the five coolest male characters in film that exists like honestly like when you consider the fact that it's pretty badass yeah, like i don't it's know pretty badass man yep. it's harrison ford to boot and that's my that's my guy right there. yeah so yeah this is this is a one seed where i i try to ne- i never have said this when we do brackets but i will say it with with indiana jones it's gonna be really fucking hard to take him down yeah. <laughs> it's that's gonna yeah. be a tough one to defeat unfortunately yeah. They're not my favorite movies, but even still. He, he's cool such fuck. a badass. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah, is, it's, that, it's is a, that broom staying out, Mike? That that's that broom is staying out a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's I'm sh- Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Shitty bust there, Ron Burgundy. Um, he's a he's a cool character. He's fucking hilarious. Um, but I mean, it's Indiana Jones, so I mean, sorry, buddy. Ron Burgundy is the genius of Will Ferrell at work, right? Like it's it's strictly a character that without him doesn't exist. He he was he's one hundred percent of the reason behind it. Yeah, but it's also still a comp. Like I said, it's a composition of a theme. Is more what it is. You know what I mean? And it's still a very one-dimensional character. Yeah, there's not much you can do with Ron Burgundy. He kind of just is what he is. Indiana Jones, you could do a lot if you wanted to. Like, yeah, there's potentially you, you yeah. can redesign the character a little bit if you want. And yeah, there's a lot that could be done there. So, do you think that they're gonna make an Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford in maybe say the next ten? 15 years well they're making a fifth and harrison ford's involved but there's speculation that they're going to introduce some sort of character he's not the integral well oh. and it goes like he's not the I th- driving force I think, maybe I by the end of it well maybe not by the end of it there's i mean it's it's classic harrison ford he, he wants indiana jones to die right like he did with yeah. han solo like he did with uh blade runner like, he, <laughs> He wants all these great characters. I've never, I've never met, I've never seen an actor in my life where he's just like, "Kill me, please don't make me do another one of these." Like, I, just kill I, him, I, please. And picks picks two of the most iconic franchises of all, probably the two, yeah, honestly, to ever get associated with. And he's just like, like he may as well play James Bond at this point. Like, it's like, please kill me. No, like, how are we gonna kill you? You're fucking James Bond. Yeah, you're stuck for like at least five movies. Yeah. You're fucked. It's such a six weird, seasons in a movie. You're right. It's it's such a weird dynamic because it's like, on one hand, every time he does an interview, it's like I, I love being Indiana Jones, but I'm Indiana Jones. No, you don't. Like nobody yeah. else can be Indiana Jones. And then he turns around. And he's like, I'm getting real old. I'm getting real tired. I don't want to do this anymore. Can we maybe just kill me off? Because <laughs> if I'm still alive, I feel obligated to keep coming back and doing this fucking role. So yeah. Um, I, I which think I can understand for sure. Yeah. There's there's no reason yeah, not no, to. If, completely, if, if he's healthy and, and and up for it, then why not, right? But um, yeah. so I I, th- I think like they they're making a fifth. I think he's gonna bite it in that one. But they're gonna set it up somehow where he's got like a daughter or something that kind of oh, takes okay. the takes the role. And who's, who's, who's Shia LaBeouf who's or something. Well, he's well, in. He was in that last one. In right? the fourth one, he was. In, but that, yeah. like yeah. that, like they have to. They have to. I think. Right. I don't know. I don't think Shia was down. I think that's Just why he's... do it. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is very much modern day Harrison Ford. Where I think, like, the only thing that stops him from getting a lot of roles is himself. Like he just maybe. I yeah. think he's got a lot more to say in him not getting cast. That's fair. In shit. But yeah, no, I, I I fully expect that they will have more Indiana Jones, but as for a different Indiana Jones, Mike, I don't think it's in the works. It's Harrison Ford. Like, that's, yeah. that's the one. Like, we've had the Han Solo prequel film, and that was really well done, in my opinion. I, I know some people didn't love the story, but I thought the, like, character portrayal was spot on. Like, I, I love how um, they were able to kind of make a, another version of Han Solo work. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think he can do it with Indiana Jones. There's just no reason. There's yeah, like I, it's a just young like Indiana Jones doesn't really work, right? Because no. when, when he first came out, you know, he was young enough where it was any earlier than that. You're just forcing it. I feel so. Well, that's that's why I brought it up because it seems like 
in today's day and age in cinema they'll they'll remake anything they'll redo anything just to make a few extra bucks and it just it to me it ruins the whole franchise it it degrades it in a way so i I think they keep it i think they keep the franchise going i just don't think there's another indiana jones that's all that's good i i I like that i I, and that's what i hope happens because i don't know man It, it kills my soul to see them screw up classic characters and franchises like that no definitely um, but but Harrison Ford ain't gonna let that happen. I I, I doubt it. <laughs> Kill him off. Yeah. Um. The, that being said, I, I'm moving on to the next uh, round here. We've got the eight seed, nine seed, uh, James Bond from the James Bond series, as portrayed by Daniel Craig, up against uh, Michael Corleone at nine uh, from the Godfather series, uh, as portrayed by Al Pacino. Nice. I'll set this up by saying. Uh, you know what? You you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I want to hear your I'll take go ahead. on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, this is a tough one for me. Um, I really like Michael Corleone. Uh, he, he's obviously a badass and super integral to the the massive movies that were the Godfather movies. James Bonds. There's been many James Bonds. Um, I personally feel like Daniel Craig is definitely the best, and I like his character the best. It it's a timeless character. You could make a hundred of them. As long as you have some sort of villain, it, there'll be another James Bond. Um, so in that sense, it feels like uh, Michael was a little more special and a little more unique. But it, it's tough for me. At the end of the day, I think I'm going with James Bond. And you know what? I might regret that, but I'm so on the fence. Uh, I'm just going to pick one. So Okay. I, I'm going to go James Bond here. I'm going to say this up front, that it's going to be very hard for me to differentiate the character to one actor. Um, I know this was something that Brutes talked on about how we are portraying these different characters. And James Bond is an all-timer. Like, going back to the to, to the books, um, to the films, he, he is one of, if not the greatest, one of the greatest um, male characters uh, created in the 20th century. Like, bar none. Daniel Craig is not my favorite Bond. So that kind of throws a wrench in how I view what we're going to be looking at here today. Um, if it was the encapsulation of James Bond, the character, I don't know if anything would beat it as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 I think that's that might be uh, a character that would go all the way, in my opinion. Um, so to limit it down, Craig, I think that's good because it, it, it does give everybody else a chance uh, as far as I'm concerned. And um, uh, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. I'm going to do my best to kind of keep it separate and keep it Daniel Craig focused. But uh, for now, for the first round here, James Bond, that's that's my pick. Yeah, I mean, my my argument against James Bond, although I'm probably would have picked James Bond to make it a sweep, I I don't really find. Now I've told you again, I haven't seen all the Bond movies. I've seen, I believe, every actor. Uh, as a portrayal. Now, my favorite is is Daniel Craig, simply because I, I the movies are just cleaner, better made movies, right? Like every movie from the two thousands is usually like any any good movie from the two thousands is better, cleaner cut, well shot, better made, right? So, um, it gives it a leg up there. My only knock on James Bond in the in the long run is just it's hard, even if you try to separate them one by one to find a lot of discernible qualities within the character, I think, to 
to differentiate them. Like, there, there is a difference, but there isn't a huge difference. And I don't know if that's because years ago maybe there was a, a, a resistance to try to make it obvious that these are different people. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think for a while there might have been this playful imagination that these are all the same person. Which is, it's not. It, they're all playing an agent that has the name James Bond. So, I think until that became clear, it 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 underdeveloped the characters. And for me, like, I find Daniel Craig's portrayal is the only real one that I think is is different from the rest in a way. But we'll get more into specifics after that. I, I would have gone James Bond regardless, though, when we're comparing the two. Because, um, although Michael is obviously the most important character in The Godfather, like, regardless of which Godfather movie, like, he is the most important. Yeah. He kind of sucks he's kind of an asshole and it's partly why i don't really love him i shouldn't say a being a villain works against you like there are plenty of villains in here that you can make a great case for how interesting of a character there are michael corleone's not the villain he's the hero and yet you kind of don't like him like it like it, it's interesting right like well he's he's the hero of the second one i guess anyway but I don't know. It's 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 an interesting one. I I don't particularly love Michael Corleone, but I think he's a super interesting character though. Uh I go James Bond, Craig specifically because I think it's interesting. Anyway, yeah, fair enough. Uh, up next we have uh the five seed Vito Corleone from The Godfather, uh played by Marlon Brando, a character that probably could be in both the lead mm-hmm. and supporting categories. Well, yeah. Same same with Michael, right? Like like technically Al Pacino was the supporting actor in the first one. Wrongly, because like if it if it wasn't Marlon Brando playing Vito Corleone, they probably don't market Vito as the lead character. He probably doesn't win best lead act. Like if they pick almost any other actor alive at the time, Michael is the supporting is you know what I mean, is the lead actor in that movie. Like he is kind of um He's the one who gets on screen the most in the original Godfather, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, Vito Corleone, like probably the only character I would imagine to win, have two different a- actors win best performance for both lead and supporting actor for for one character, which is absolutely wild. Like you were talking about Marlon Brando's Vito Corleone as as the lead here, which he won, but you could easily say that you know Robert De Niro's portrayal of Vito Corleone in the sequel, which oh, won supporting yeah. actor was just as you know prominent and and maybe is the better version of Vito Corleone and um so I I I think there's I wanted to preface by saying that I I think Vito Corleone is a very interesting character in the sense that there's there's more to his character depending on which film you're watching and which actor is portraying him so we're going with Marlon Brando which which there's no wrong answer but um, he's going up against uh, the legend himself, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, as Daniel Plainsview. Uh, there will wow. be blood at the 12 seed. Listen, um, <clears throat> I, 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 I'm Italian. Uh, I am a massive sucker for mob movies. There is no better mob movie than The Godfather. I've seen it. It's another one where I try not to watch it very often, but every few years I kind of throw it on and uh blows me away every time i see it i think it's fucking unbelievable and marlon brando is my favorite part about the godfather um 
when he's not on screen for reasons that I will not say in case someone out there has never seen the movie, uh, I'm missing Marlon Brando the whole time. It's like, please put him back on the screen for the love of God. Ah, man. Daniel Plainview is not the hero in There Will Be Blood. He's the main character, but he is the villain. He may be the greatest villain in movie history. Like, it's really up there, I would say, in terms of just the fact that he is the main character, but at no point are you rooting for this fucking guy, I think is unbelievable. There are not a lot of movies that take the role of this guy and just be like, hey, by the way, like, you're going to watch this guy the whole time? You're going to like it. You're going to hate him. Uh, doesn't happen often. I think it's really cool what they did. It is by a absolute nose hair. I'm probably going to go Vito Corleone. But... <sighs> I like how you set up... Daniel Plainview's incredible. I like how you set up like, Daniel Plainview as one of the greatest criminals of all... Or uh, villains of all time. And meanwhile... He, he, he is, and I, I think in a lot of other matchups, he, he wins. Like, I... Well... Just what I was arguably say could is argue like, him over the eight or nine seed. Like it's just on the flip side. Like Vito Corleone, he, he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, kind of, the, but you do root for Vito. You do. You, you no, do. no. Yeah, that that's the difference, though, right? Is like if for for Vito, at least the first two hours, um, you certainly are rooting for Vito. Whereas from the first three minutes of the movie, it's very clear to you that you shouldn't like Daniel Plainview. You're not voting... As soon as he gets through his first fucking monologue, like, you don't like You're not him. rooting for the big oil companies and their establishment on modern-day economics? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying in, in almost any movie, the guy that's on the screen the most, you're gonna fucking root for him. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter who the fuck he is. Usually, you're rooting for them. Um, definitely not in There Will Be Blood. I'm not rooting for him at all. The only reason I am rooting for him is because I know... Once he's off screen, I'm not going to want to watch the movie anymore. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's, right? that's fair. So luckily, he makes it to the end, but... Um, Who plays the priest in that one? Paul Dano. That's it. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Like, one of the most underappreciated actors of our time, for sure. Uh, I am also going to go with Vito Corleone on this one. Um, it's an offer that I can't refuse. It's a nose hair um, I lost... <laughs> I lost... Uh, <laughs> on the day of my daughter's <laughs> wedding... Yeah. I lost. I lost Michael. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta fill my cheeks with uh, cotton balls, and I'll be back <laughs> to do my Vito Corleone. We lost. You come we to lost me one Corleone on the, on the last uh, matchup. Wedding. I gotta save the other one here. Uh, it's Vito for me. I love Daniel Plain's view. Um, as you know, part of that film. Uh, you're right. I don't really love the guy, but um, it is what it is. Uh, Vito is so iconic in cinema, and uh, I'm gonna make sure that he lives to see another round 100 percent. i'll th i'll think about it but i i in the last 15 years like just at last point on my argument there i think daniel day lewis and there will be blood is my second favorite lead acting performance in the last 15 years wow and the only one i probably have to give the edge to is gary oldman in the darkest hours nice. like i i think daniel plainview's number yeah. two to me it's it's just it's nuts not a, man not like a bad a, that's just nuts Ooh. No, <laughs> it's nuts what he does with that character. Yeah, well, sweet, Mike, it's a clean sweep, man, and and like for all the reasons you guys already mentioned. I mean, Vito is the first thing you see, and for spoil, like, are we really worried about spoilers at this point? Like, how old is this movie? <laughs> for the Godfather, definitely okay. not. Yeah, okay. No. So 
I, I would say I would say in this bracket, you should go in knowing these sixty four fucking yeah, characters. Okay, already. exactly. You so, know what I mean for most people, and and if you don't know, you shouldn't be worried about exactly. Them. So and you see him get shot, and you're like, what? Like the first time I saw the movie, I'm like, holy fuck, because you think like this guy is mm-hmm. gonna be the main guy? Because I didn't I didn't see him when they first got released, obviously. The balls yeah. on that on that. Well, I mean, it's based on a book, but the ball the balls. To kill this yeah, guy, yeah, exactly. Off. And you're like, like what the balls, the man? Fuck. Like, and then you're trying to figure out this movie without Vito, and it, it just doesn't make any sense at the time. But, uh, but yeah, he's he's absolutely amazing. Marlon Brando kills him. Um, yeah, hundred percent Vito. There it is. Um, next up, we got Jeff Lebowski, uh, also known as the Dude, at the four seed from The Big Lebowski, uh, performed by Jeff Bridges. Going up against number 13, Alonzo Harris from Training Day, Oof. as uh, portrayed by Denzel Washington. Jesus Oof. Christ. You guys sound like this is a tough decision for you. Well, you go first. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's the Big Lebowski by, I don't, I don't know how big a landslide. Um, look, Al- Alonzo Harris is a fine character. Uh, Denzel, his only lead acting Oscar uh, for the role. But it's just a dirty cop at the end of the day. Like if if I think if if anybody else to the extreme, yeah. though, sure. Like, but how extreme can you really take a dirty cop? I guess is is where I'm coming down. There's nothing really all that original about saying we're going to have this dirty cop and we're going to have this new guy and they're going to. To me, it's just it's a very bland character base and it's only interesting because it's Denzel Washington. Um, whereas the dude, no discredit to. Jeff Bridges, but like that that character, that script that's written for that character is gonna be interesting. You know, maybe it's not acted as well uh, by somebody else, but the character on paper is gonna be just as interesting a character uh, at the end of the day. So for me, it's the Big Lebowski. Nice. Um, yeah, no, and, and you're not wrong. The the Big Lebowski is one one of the most unique and interesting characters that you could possibly have in a script. Um, on the on the flip side, Alonzo Harris and Training Day. It the first time I saw the movie, man. Um, fuck, like he is so manipulative. He's so dirty and jaded that in the beginning you kind of just see him as just you know he's kind of sick of the bullshit and he knows what's going on. But as uh, as you go through the film and I forget, um, fuck, Ethan Hawke, Ethan, Ethan Hawke, Hawk. yeah. He uh, slowly just gets further and further entrenched into Alonzo's bullshit, and then in the end, like he gets totally fucked over. And I, the way that Denzel makes Alonzo this fucking manipulative piece of shit, but you kind of really like him at the same point. Uh, I loved it, and just to make it interesting, I'm picking Alonzo, but it's really, it's really a toss up for me. Yeah, uh, the dude. The dude is, I would say, in a very dead heat for what I would consider my favorite movie. He is just the Big Lebowski or Pulp Fiction. I don't know. I people ask me, I pick a different one just to make it easy. So I, I, I have a, I have a heavy bias, but I love Training Day. I think it's great. Um, I don't agree with James at all on his uh, evaluation of the character. Not that it really makes a huge difference here, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think training day like uh, i agree definitely the one thing is that um the idea of the dirty cop has been done to death and that is for sure uh and actually has been done before by denzel 
uh, and done after by Denzel. <laughs> um, this character is so just pure. The only character I think in the, in this part of the bracket, pure evil. Like he is evil. Yeah, I think Daniel exactly. Plainview is motivated for different reasons. Alonzo Harris has, is just fucking evil blood, man. He is a yeah. piece of shit. However, in most movies, I think that character is a piece of shit enough that I may have turned off the movie. Like, he he is so fucking hateable. But Denzel does such a good job to bring the guy back down to earth, I find. In a lot of scenes, he's evil, and then within 45 seconds, he's got that redeeming quality. And, and you know what I mean? Like, Denzel yeah. pulls that off. Like, there, there aren't a lot of actors, I think. That there, honestly, I can't think of one that could pull off that fucking role. It defines Denzel's career for good reason, and I think it's a unbelievable character. Uh, having said that, come on, man, it's, it's the dude, you know? <laughs> it's the dude. Yeah, it's you know? the dude. The, the, the white Russians, man. The fact that he brought white Russians back into styles. So, so funny. Bowling alleys today arguably only exist because of the big <laughs> Yes, and they have strict no gun policies now. No gun <laughs> policies. I think uh, honestly, and and I'm not just saying this to like I, I I've sh- I've shit on James enough times tonight. I I don't like getting gifts. I hate when people buy me stuff. But one of the favorite things that anyone's bought me in the last few years is James and and his girlfriend bought me a. Um, where's Waldo book, but instead of where's Waldo, it's where's the dude. <laughs> and, um, you have to find the dude, but instead of it being in like random settings, it's in different movie settings. So you have to find uh, no the dude way. in like the set of Ben Hur. You have to find the dude in like the set of Pulp Fiction. You have to find like it, man. I, That's I, hilarious. Like, obviously not something I sit down and look through all the time, but it's still sitting on the coffee table. I still every like every once in a while I'll, I'll open her up. I think it's fucking mint. So That's thank genius. you to James, to James, fuck. to James and the wife. There it is. Um. Up next, this is a bit of a heavy hitter, pardon the pun. Uh, number six, we got Rocky Balboa from Rocky uh, of Sylvester Stallone fame going up against the 11 seed Ferris Bueller from uh, the uh, titular's Day Off, uh, starring Matthew Broderick. Guest Wern, would you like to kick us off with this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off, and it might be a little contentious. I like the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I know it's kind of integral that the character is who he is. Um, I just, I really didn't like the character of Ferris Bueller so much, to be honest. And, I mean, Rocky Balboa is iconic, and, uh, you know, he's he's the man. Um, So with with that being said, I really don't have to fight for Rocky Balboa, because I just don't really enjoy the character of Ferris Bueller so much. Um... I'm going to go the opposite, and I'm going to make almost the exact opposite point that Mike just made. (laughs) Um, My issue with Rocky Balboa is that in the Rocky movies, it is very much a movie made where, like, here's your hero, cheer for your hero. Uh, I'm rooting for Apollo Creed, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't really love Rocky. I don't... I, I think the movies are cool. Uh, I think they're vastly overrated, to be honest with you. It is one of the series where I will say the consistency throughout is is not horrible. It's not great, but it's it's a very rare 
film series, I can watch all of them and I'm good with them. But um, I'm not really rooting for Rocky a lot of the time. I, I, I don't really know what the issue is for me. Um, it's one of the few matchups in this whole bracket. I can't really articulate why I don't like Rocky that much. I just find I'm always cheering for the other guy kind of i don't know i don't know what it is it's just it's just so cliched to me i think um yeah ferris bueller cliche movie but but in the in the in the grand scheme right it's a movie that at the time um there were few if any that existed like this coming of age movies were not quite as common back in the day there's certainly you know fast times at ridgemont high and there's plenty of examples but um I think Ferris Bueller is very much uh, one of the best examples of a seize the day, um, literally, type of character, and I think there's a lot to be said for it. For my personal preference, it's strongly Ferris Bueller. I'm going to start things off by saying the wrong Stallone character made the bracket. <laughs> ah, no! Okay, yeah, no, I'm... I mean, True. Yeah, I, that's another issue I have with the Rockies is... Holy Rambo. shit, man. Fucking Ram- not not just Rambo, but Rambo First Blood, like the first Rambo oh, movie. Oh my god, man! Like that is such a good fucking movie. What, what, yeah. We watched it on a bus ride to the zoo. Did we? I, I'm pretty sure that was an one of the parents decision. had it. One of the parents had it. I have no problem with that. I don't remember yeah. watching. I was pro- <laughs> yeah. I, man. I'm usually too drunk by the second half of that bus ride. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, for, yes, in saying that the wrong Stallone character made the bracket, uh, I'm going to pick the guy that wins at the end of his film, and uh, Ferris Bueller's moving on. Nice. Yeah, no, uh, it, to me, like, in terms of um, iconicism, I strongly prefer Rambo. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's just one of those things the Rocky movies, to everyone else, are more iconic. Like, at some point, my personal preference has to go out the door on this bracket. Sure. And, I don't. I don't like Rocky very much. The movies are cool, but Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. Go home. Um, so good. So good. Number th- number three, we got Tony Montana and his little friend Scarface uh, by Al Pacino going up against uh, number fourteen, M. Gustav of the Grand Budapest Hotel, as portrayed by Ralph Fiennes. Um, I have not seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, mm. so I am going to go with Tony Montana on this one Ooh. by by default unfortunately you got to check it out man mike do you want to render my opinion useless or do we want to make this interesting here well you go ahead then i guess <laughs> yeah i'm i'm probably going to take the upset here i'm probably going to take m gustav um i do i do think tony montana is a little bit of a character that's been i mean it's badass like it's super cool the the issue for me like has always been with um it's hard. Like, there's a lot of reasons. Like, I, it's not, it's not Al Pacino's best performance. It's not a character that I think lives in infamy without the massive, uh, um, you know, theme around drugs. Like, it, it, it's just to me, like, it's a character that I think a lot of people have made larger than it needs to be. It's still badass, and to me, it should be on this. It should be on this list. It's still one of my favorite characters, I think, in a way. But Tony Montana, like, it, it sets the table for a lot of different characters. It's still based on an older character. It's still, you know, it's, it, it, it's, there's only so much depth, I think, in Scarface to me. I, I, I love it. It's another one. Um, kind of like The Godfather. Every few, every few years I throw Scarface on and it just, it's cool as fuck. 
M. Gustav is one of the most original characters on this entire list, though. That that's the thing is is his his quirkiness. You know the 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 fact that I I can't remember a character that I, you're just so behind the whole time. From opening scene to the end credits, you are completely behind whatever Ray Fiennes wants to do. Yeah, like it helps that it's the certain actor. It helps that it's Ray Fiennes, but it also helps that it's Al Pacino. I my preference is M. Gustav. I I just I think Tony Montana's a little overdone, and maybe he's the better character. And I'm picking against him because I'm sick of hearing about Tony Montana. But I do like Scarface. Like I'm not sitting here saying. I think he's a bad character, or I think he's uninteresting. Um, M. Gustav, I think, is one of the most interesting characters I've ever seen in a movie. I'm going M. Gustav. Nice. Yeah. Cookson will be happy. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was just movie, about to shout out Cookson. Hotel. Yeah, we, uh, we, were, we were texting. Uh, I, I gave him a glimpse of the bracket um, a couple weeks ago, I think, when we first had our initial yeah. kind of ideas. And he's like, oh my god, Gustav's going up against Montana? He's like, fuck sakes. <laughs> like, he doesn't stand no, a chance. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, man, I'm taking him. But, fuck it. But, but yeah, I mean, like, you, you make a lot of, like, really good points. And I think Tony Montana's, like, main kind of thing is just infamy. In, infamy. And um, he, he's a badass. He does what he wants. He's his drug lord. He say hello to my little friend and fuck off. Yeah. Uh, influential, right? Yeah. yeah influential, influential, like, sure. you know. Um, like a focal point of Breaking Bad, like we maybe don't. Breaking Bad might not be the same show without Scarface. Like I understand the iconicism, and I think there's a lot to it, but I think people people build it up beyond what it actually is. Right, right, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's just this uh, drug lord kingpin that does what he wants and says fuck you to everyone else, and then. On the flip side, you have M. Gustav, and he's running this hotel, and it's one of the most unique characters, and also one of the most unique movies that you will ever see. So good. Um, it's amazing. So good. And so, uh, yeah, I really, I wasn't sure how this matchup was going to shake out, but um, I think it's an upset, and it's going to be M. Gustav. Wow! Wow! Oh it my is. god, I kind of feel Can bad for James because I, I kind of wish James could contribute on the M. Gustav front, to be honest with you, because I think it, it, James, it's unreal. Like, James, I, I find, like, you and I have somewhat different tastes in movies, like, it's not too far off, but it's it's somewhat different tastes. I do think you're going to like The Grand Budapest. I, I, I could see you getting behind that movie. But. I, I sat down with one of our co-workers one day, who's a, a big Wes Anderson fan. That's that's well, Who's the name? Because I can right? bleep it out, so... <laughs> uh, I learned how to do that that would have been my guess I learned how to bleep things out so I can definitely do that now there you go um, but she was telling me that she's this big Wes Anderson fan and I was like oh yeah like I know the name Like I just, I'm thinking like I don't know if I've ever seen one of his films and she starts listing off all of his films and I'm sitting here like I literally have half of those downloaded and then like the other one's Grand Budapest Hotel which is like one that is definitely on my list I just haven't got around to and I'm just sitting there like, I've never seen one of his films, but I have at some point in my life gone the distance to acquire the film and just just haven't pulled the trigger for whatever reason. I've, I've you know, got caught up in something else. And um, yeah. I, I've, I have no doubt I'll like the film when I get around to seeing it. I just, it's hard not to. It's yeah, one of, like, I've, I've gone into movies where it's like, uh, everyone thinks this is sick and you kind of go in almost already hating it. The Grand Budapest Hotel, the, the best word I can to describe it with it's just fun it's just a fun movie <laughs> yeah. man like it's just it's a good way to put it 
Yeah, the cast is just insane. Like, Saoirse Ronan is in it, and somehow has, like, two lines. Like, liter- literally, like, one of the best actresses alive today, and she d- barely speaks. It's fucking... It's a fun movie. A, a little before her time, though, no? Kinda. She had already been a... Uh, like, she was an Academy Award-nominated actress before that. Oh, for, okay. uh... I ha- I'd have to look it up. I'm pretty sure, though. Okay. Well, uh, in any case... A movie uh, I didn't see, put it that way. Yeah. M. Gustav moving on to the next round. Um, we've got Patrick Bateman at 7 from American Cycle, played by Christian Bale, uh, uh, up against number ten, Forrest Gump from Forrest Gump, by uh, por- portrayed by Tom Hanks. Um, would any of you fine gentlemen like to kick this off? James, I feel like you're never kicking it off. You you should kick off. Okay, I'll kick it off. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge uh, history buff. I'm taking history in university. Um, I love the concept that a character shows up and is just involved sporadically through these famous moments in American history at random without realizing it. Like, just each and every little turn, there's something in the background going on to this guy's life that happens to be, you know, international news, more or less. And, and of course, you're talking about Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, no, exactly. I don't, I, I don't necessarily love the film Forrest Gump, I love the character. I think the character is really cool, um, really fun. Something that you can kind of look at and you, you almost feel good about yourself watching the film. And I, I don't know what, what it is about that. It might be the, the Tom Hanksness um, that's leaking through your television set when you're watching it. But overall, an okay film. Uh, an A-plus character in my books. I, I love Forrest Gump, the guy. Or Brits? <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah i mean like, like i i'm on record i i like uh the point james made though like that that's part of why i do like like that is what i like of forrest gump is the idea you know what i almost like the idea of the movie uh more than i actually like the movie i, I I've, I've said it before i just i don't really like robert zemeckis as a filmmaker he's one of the few great american filmmakers that uh just isn't for me i think i don't like a lot of the execution music choices things like that it just it doesn't gel that well to me but it does to everyone else like everyone else thinks he's great so it's it's an opinion where i'm willing to say like i'm probably wrong but i don't really think forrest gump's a great movie uh i finally the other day got around to seeing the fifth and final nominee from that year's best uh academy award class which was i've never seen quiz show quiz shows better than forrest gump forrest gump's the worst of the five movies so um i i (laughs) Having said that, I think Forrest Gump's a great character. Like, I do like the character, and um, Tom Hanks adds to it. Like, there's just a lot of reasons why I can sit here and say, if you take away one or two things, I probably would hate the fucking movie. Um, But it's fine. It's okay. I think Patrick Bateman is a really interesting sort of villain, because, again, it's very much like Daniel Plainsview and sets the table for Daniel Plainsview where it's like... Or is he a villain? Well, but that's the thing, right? Like, he's he's the central character the whole time, so it's up to you if you want to root for him or not. And he wouldn't be the worst human being, I think, in the history of fucking cinema and shows that you rooted for the whole time to find out that he's a horrible person. But he's pretty close. 
<laughs> pretty close. Pretty well, I, 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 was, pretty I was getting more close. of the fact that maybe he didn't kill those people in the first place. Sure. That's that's <laughs> up to your interpretation, right? I am going to go Patrick Bateman. I will defend, though, Forrest Gump. Having said that I don't like the movie, I do like the character. I think the character's pretty cool. A little overrated, but he's pretty good. But I'm going to go Patrick Bateman just because I think it's a more influential sort of uh, base. You can't you can't really do much with Forrest Gump moving forward. Kind of just is a standalone movie, whereas Patrick Bateman, I think, kind of redefined a genre on a, uh, in a way. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Patrick Bateman. Yeah, and very fair. Um, Patrick Bateman is... It, the first time you saw American Psycho, I, I guarantee you never forgot it. And it's something that always sticks with you. I know it is for me. Um, super interesting. But, James, you really hit it on your head. Really hit it on the head with your explanation of Forrest Gump. Yeah, maybe not the best movie ever. But the character, there is just something about it. Like you said, maybe it's the Tom I mean, Hanks. Debatably the best know. movie ever. Because it, it won the best, um, best picture class of all time in 1994. So... You could argue <laughs> if we're <laughs> if it's it better is. than Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption and Four Weddings and a Funeral and Quiz Show, uh, you know, it might be the uh, best maybe movie it ever. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it is the best movie ever. Who's to say? I wrong guess not movie us. One. <laughs> yeah, the wrong movie one. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, you you summed it up perfectly. Um, uh, that's why I'm going with Forrest Gump as well. Mike, the way you set that entire explanation up made me feel like uh, Brute and I were just pitching like shark shark tank proposals to you like, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day you know <laughs> i feel you just had the better execution yeah. on the performance you and... had the better pitch hello no, sharks. No, i was i was My thinking about it today Pataglia, and i'm coming to you seeking a eight hundred thousand dollar investment <laughs> for ten percent in my opinion sharks we've all seen forrest gump it's not that good boo they're throwing garbage at me <laughs> <laughs> uh finally uh number two we've got dr hannibal lecter from sounds of the lambs as played by sir anthony hopkins against number 15 rick dalton god damn this from is... once upon a time in hollywood portrayed by leonardo dicaprio in which i'm assuming is his only appearance on this list given that he doesn't do a lot of supporting roles yeah. calvin candy was really close i'm not gonna lie calvin candy was a nice. very late cut he, he oh, made the top he I made the love... top 20 but i went joe yeah. bang over calvin candy um. Well, I think so. I don't know. I I will say the 16 seed on that men's side was more just for me, to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I. This, man, this this is a lot of a tougher one than I kind of thought it was going to be. But uh, it's still Hannibal Lecter to me. Like it's just um. It's probably. Uh, I don't know. Like I would have to sit down and do inventory on what I genuinely think. But it's one that's coming to mind where I would say. Uh, might be the best acting performance ever. Uh, it, it might be um, a, a character that maybe isn't all that interesting without Sir Anthony Hopkins. And yeah, it's Hannibal Lecter to me, but fucking Rick Dalton, man. Fucking Rick Dalton. Fucking Rick Dalton. Fucking Rick Dalton, man. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fuck. It, 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 it is a tough one too, especially because. Like you said uh, about Hannibal Lecter, might not be the same type of character without Sir Anthony Hopkins as I feel like Rick Dalton might not have been the exact same character if not for Leonardo DiCaprio. 
because um, one specific scene in general when uh, Rick Dalton's in his trailer after he does that shitty scene and he's fucking pissed at himself. He's like, I'm never drinking again. And he goes to drink the whiskey and he throws it out. He's having that spaz attack in the trailer. Had that that fucking nine wasn't Rick Dalton. That was... Couldn't have just stopped it. at four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, just had so three. like... <laughs> What would Rick Dalton have looked like without Leonardo DiCaprio oh, is my actually, question. That thought kind of worries me almost. Ex- exactly. So I fucking love Rick Dalton I, with Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio playing him just as I love Hannibal Lecter with Sir Anthony Hopkins playing him. So that makes it tough. But at the end of the day, I'm going with Hannibal Lecter because it's one of the most iconic performances ever, one of the most iconic characters ever one that you see as a kid when i saw him i was like i was little and you will never forget it and i don't know i I don't know what else to say it's just one of one in one in a million should be noted hannibal lecter um not just from sounds of the lambs um yeah he's up to four film portrayals now i believe hannibal sir anthony hopkins is in three of those Um, i think it's two no there's a, it's just that on Red Dragon, I believe, that he no, actually is Hannibal Lecter. There was one. There was a film before Sounds of the Lambs where Hopkins wasn't involved, and it it was the same character. No, but I, no, but I mean Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Sure. I believe it's just that on Red Dragon. Sure. Okay. That being said, like I, I respect that the character itself is definitely more legendary than Rick Dalton, and I've already lost the battle here. Lecter has an aura about his character that is kind of bigger than the character itself in a lot of ways, I feel. Um, A lot of that has to do with the fact that um, he's really not in the film that much, um, which is fine. Like, he doesn't need to be be an effective character. He just... He doesn't really have a lot of screen time. And... I don't think he needs to be. Like, I think it's... um... I think that's that's what adds to it. Like I, I, I've I've thought about it before, and I feel like if if Hannibal Lecter's in an hour of that movie, it's really easy to fuck up the character. Not that it's like a safe play, but I I think that when he's off screen, you're almost nervous for when he's coming back on. I th- I think it adds to it and kind of just um the pro the problem is 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 always been with Silence of the Lambs is that it, because it's a horror movie, it needs to keep you scared, right? Like it's it was released to be a horror. So, the scariest thing to me is to build up the anticipation. And it's part of what's wrong with horror movies in the in the grand scheme, is, is the jump at you with a knife bullshit, where it's trying to scare you all the time. If I'm scared all the time, I'm never scared. Like, I'm just, I'm thinking this movie's bullshit, and it's stupid, and there's no story. What Science of the Lambs does is scare you through the story, and scare you through the anticipation. And it's a lot like modern day horror movies the way they're starting to go like your sinisters your your hereditary the lodge i just watched recently like movies where it's just kind of trying to make you a little bit uneasy a little bit more and Mm -hmm. i think i think i'm not saying that you're like completely arguing that him not being on screen is like a deterrent but to me that's what makes the movie what it is it it definitely makes the movie what it is my my argument is that the character as a result, um, the viewer is left, as far as I'm concerned, when I watched it, wanting more. I'm left. I'm left to fill in the blanks a little bit. Like I, I have to kind of come up with, you know, why this character is interesting. I don't agree, but be- you're, you're like it's, because the film fair. doesn't. Yeah, because the film doesn't really come out and say this is everything you need to know about Hannibal Lecter and like him or don't like him. And some people 
need that. They they need to know why they like or dislike a character instead of just showing up for a couple minutes here and there and, and clearly being the antagonist of the film. Um, so like I said, I think the aura of what Hannibal Lecter represents and, and what the character kind of has come to define is definitely uh, very large in the grand scheme of cinema. Um, I found that I liked Rick Dalton more because I spent more time with Rick Dalton. Like I got to see more of, of who he was and I, you know, I got the trailer scene, you know, I, I got the, the Italian, uh, cinema, uh, portion of his career. Mm -hmm. So for me, I like Dalton better. I understand why Lecter's moving on. Um, and I can, I can respect that. That's actually, no, it's good analysis though. Like I think, well, to my point earlier, like I I think you kind of proved my point is like, if it were not Anthony Hopkins in that role, I'm kind of nervous as to how that movie turns out because like. The movie itself is good. Like, you know, you can't sit here and say that a movie's good when it's two hours long and the focal point is only in it for 21 minutes. Like, it's obviously a very good movie without Anthony Hopkins still, but it it's not to the level that it is now. And, again, like, I, I think it's the best acting, like, one of the best acting performances ever. And So that you're right, like, that adds to the aura of it, but I, I, I still think there's a lot to be said about the character. Possibly. Uh, on to the second round, we've got um, Indiana Jones at one uh, from the Indiana Jones series, played by Harrison Ford, against uh, the number eight seed James Bond from the James Bond series, as portrayed by Daniel Craig. Oh. Um, who would like to shoot themselves in the foot first? Um, I like the James you... Bo- James Bond movies better. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that could be my tiebreaker. Like I think there's a lot to. That's compare. the correct answer. I think I think there's a lot to compare within the characters, but. Indiana Jones to me is just a character that I think fuck it's a hot take but it's not really meant to be it uh, I think Indiana Jones is kind of like Hannibal Lecter in that it's more reputation based for me in a little bit like there's not there's not a lot of times where like the character like grabs me a, a lot within the movies and he's on the screen a lot I think the plot is just more interesting like I think the paper the paper details of Indiana Jones is more interesting than actual Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. We're still talking about two of the best characters ever here. Like, there's, you know, I'm not saying that it's like Indiana Jones sucks. Wouldn't say that. But, yeah, there's a lot more to James Bond, specifically Daniel Craig's portrayal to me. Um, Daniel Craig's sort of the first one that I felt, um, I felt a discernible personality other than maybe with Connery. It's always something that's kind of lacked within the Bond movies that I've watched. And like I said, I haven't seen them all, but I think Craig sort of pulls it off. I'm, I'm going to go James Bond. Um, take it away, Mike. Yeah, I'll take it away. Yeah. It's tough because you have with both characters, amazing stories, scripts, amazing actors and amazing characters. So it's really hard to, how, how do you pick one over the other? Um, personally, for me, James Bond, he, he, unreal, of course, is uh, international badass, going after villains, blah, blah, blah. But then you have Indiana Jones. I, I feel like you connect with him a little bit more. He's a, he, he's more, I don't know the word, not humble, but like um, relatable, I guess, in a sense. I'm not a geology professor by any sorts, but... 
Um, I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but his uniqueness, I think, it's one in a million. Down to earth, maybe. Down to earth, yeah, Down yeah, earth, maybe yeah. a little bit more. His comedic relief, um, whatnot. I just find I relate with Indiana Jones a lot more than I do with James Bond. That being said, Daniel Craig is my favorite James Bond, too, so the, this makes it even harder. But um, to that end, I think I would have to pick Indiana Jones over James Bond. Final answer. Foot shot. Final answer, which also previews our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show coming up next week. Uh, James sits in the hot seat to see if he can win a million dollars that I do not have to give him. Um, <laughs> even if he gets the $100 question right, I fucking barely have that to give him right now. So, Do you have a million of anything to give me? I could... I could play uh, play it real easy up until the curb, or, or sorry, up until the $2,000 question, give you a curb check, and then as soon as $4,000 hits, just make it super hard. I could do that. Okay. I could give you two oh, grand. Right. I don't I really don't... see the incentive. Uh, I'm not really down for that. I'd rather, <laughs> Imagine, I'd rather take eh? it all the way. I'm going to give it to charity and just gives it back to me. This is tough. It's tough for, for one reason and one reason only. Daniel Craig is not my favorite Bond. So if I have to strictly gauge Daniel Craig's work as James Bond against Indiana Jones, it gets really close. If this is just James Bond versus Indiana Jones on paper, it's James Bond in a, in a walk. Like, it's it's not even close. Who is your favorite band? Bond? Connery? Connery. Yeah. Connery and then Roger Moore and... Even then, I don't know if Daniel Craig is after that or not. It's I didn't like Brosnan. Wow. Like I'll say that that's part of the sure. the knock on me is like if we're if we're bringing Brosnan in here, it would just would have like it would have destroyed James Bond early for me. I think, but Brosnan was the first Bond I saw. He he was the first time like that was the first time I saw James Bond film was was Brosnan. Um, so I'll give him credit for getting me into it, and I can I can say that he's not the best, but. Um. Yeah, it's it's really tough to me. Like I I I like the Daniel Craig films. Don't get me wrong. Like I really I really do enjoy them. But they're a different type of film than what James Bond kind of got its you know reputation as. And with the Daniel Craig films, um, I realize they're written in a way that makes it so that there's some you know adversity for the character but it's it's almost too easy for him at this stage because of all the technology of all of all the advancements in in the world it's almost become too easy i i almost wish that they would have just kept the character in that cold war setting the entire time had you know daniel craig play bond but make everything this cold war setting yeah and six months after the last event rather than Sure. Four years or yeah. whatever, yeah. You know what I mean? You can keep the films going and keep the same setting without making this whole argument about is it one guy, is it the same guy, etc. I go back and forth on that a lot. I know, Brutes, you've already touched on how you uh, how you feel about it. It's, it's, it's a different people playing one character. I feel like now for, would be a good time for me to bring out my essay, Why I Believe That All James Bondford Should Be Stricken From The Record. Now... Since the dawn of time. <laughs> there it is. Um, I've been really enjoying my essay joke lately. I'm going to keep making 
Yeah, I don't know if everyone at home is, but I like it, so you keep it going, man. <laughs> as long as you are, um, James, it's all for you, buddy, so yeah, it's all thanks, good. Man. It's your podcast, fuck It's all for on. you. Don't forget that. It's my podcast, you know what? Uh, I'm going to laugh if I want. You know, Brutes' exactly. essay joke is pretty funny, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna, I don't I'm have gonna to explain James, to you why it's funny. I'm going to put James Bond through to the next round, personally. God damn. Um, I don't know how much longer I can keep saying that Ooh. Daniel Craig is, is the guy, um, but... I like the character a hell of a lot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cling to that, and I'm sad to see Indigo. Now I will back this up because Rip I haven't had to mention this yet tonight. Uh, before I ask Mike, because I want to ask Mike a question before he makes his point, would just be the the general consensus online seems to be that Daniel Craig is the best Bond. Now, what I would say within that is just that the internet is obviously recency biased, right? Like. You're not going to have 65-year-old people that were going to see James Bond movies in the fucking 70s writing their big case about why they think, you know what I mean? Like, it, it should be Roger Moore, or it should be Sean Connery, it should be anyone before Daniel Craig. So the internet is just subject to recency bias, but it, it's most of what I have to go off of, right? Um, yeah. Now I, now I would ask, because I know yours is Connery, like... Mike, I don't know how well-versed you are in the Bond movies, but, like, who would be your Bond? Like, who's your favorite Bond? Well, yeah, I already said Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond. Yeah, and that is because, for sure, of first exposure was Daniel Craig, and as well as recency bias, obviously, Daniel Craig. I've seen a few of Sean Connery's before that. I've seen none. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. But, Sean Connery, um, uh, maybe the greatest example of an actor. Uh, sometimes really good in a role. Sometimes really bad. <laughs> I want to have sex with you. Fire fire the torpedoes. <laughs> Is that a Russian submarine captain? <laughs> fire the torpedoes! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Captains, the Americans are coming. <laughs> I don't care. Fire the torpedoes. <laughs> That's spot on. <laughs> All right, give it up, Croft Kev. You've been captured. You're coming with us. <laughs> Never. <laughs> That was uh, my 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 Sean Connery in Red Hunt for Red October is very much my Captain Jack Sparrow. Just kind of, I kind of just dial back my tongue a little bit, but it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. Speaking fuck. of which, fuck. Late seventeen. I, I shit you 17? not. Seventeen. Yeah, I he was on shit. here and I I swapped out one. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fair. Bur- Burgundy, honestly. My preference yeah. is, is Captain Jack Sparrow, but he would have been a 16 seed anyway. Yeah, wouldn't have made it far regardless. But I do love honorable the mention of the to God damn. Captain Jack awesome. Sparrow. They're great movies. You tell me there wasn't an actual pirate named Jack Sparrow. <laughs> the pi- the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. The Pirates of the Caribbean movies are probably my the worst movie franchise that I love. Like I, I eat them up. A few oh, yeah. of them are like, like they're not bad, but they're not good. The first couple really good. Like they're good movies. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. 
Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, yeah. for sure. They're very much the As box office on, darling uh, that I really got into. I just looked up Captain Jack Sparrow Captain as Jack a character. And it, the first line here is, uh, portrayed by Johnny Depp, the characterization of Sparrow is based on a combination of Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards and... No, 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 no it gets no, better. Oh, yeah, I've, I've read that. And Looney yeah. Tunes cartoon character Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, like, an- another guy I really wish would uh, get casted in more movies is Johnny Depp. If Johnny Depp is not in the final Quentin Tarantino movie, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, get him on. I don't care if it's for a minute. Get him in. That'd be Let's awesome. Go. That's the Tarantino and Johnny Depp? Pairing. Oh, Perfect fuck. pairing. Yeah. Oh, I love Johnny Depp. God damn You know what? I never Just... thought about that till you mentioned it, but now that you mention it. 100%. And, like, the notoriety levels there, right? Like, he loves yeah. his, like, hey, shit, he it's loves Luke big Perry names. for 30 seconds. You know, like, he loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to recap, we don't have um, Pepe Le Pew, lead guitarist of Rolling Stones, <laughs> on our character list. Oh, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, got the four seed. Same guy. The dude from The Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges, uh, going up to number five, Vito Corleone from The Godfather, uh, Marlon Brando. Four or five. It's funny. It's Tough match. It's funny how you, like like I said, with the bracket format, it's funny how we put more iconic people together for like a second matchup and it becomes easier to me. Um, it's the yeah. dude for me on this one. Um, a, lo- a lot of what worked against Corleone... Um, like your, your argument against him the first time around, that wasn't enough for me, you know what I mean, not to consider him. It works against him here against the Big Lebowski, I think. Um, the Big Lebowski is a rare movie where the titular character, the main character, is on the screen for almost the whole movie. There's, I'm trying to think of a scene without him. And I genuinely don't think there is one. Like, he, he is the movie. Um, we're talking about a very well-respected movie, well-respected character. Vito Corleone, like like James said, like he, he gets killed off in the original movie. And um, whether you consider Vito Corleone, Marlon Brando, or Robert De Niro... It doesn't really matter to me which portrayal would be considered, like, neither to me are a stronger character than the dude. The issue against Vito Corleone in, in the original Godfather is he's not on screen very, very much. Um, so you, you don't learn a ton about the character. The issue to me in, in Robert De Niro's portrayal of Vito Corleone is that... he De Niro's fucking good, man, but he doesn't captivate the screen kind of the way Marlon Brando does to me for yeah. that portrayal of the of the character. So there there's like there's different arguments you can make about both portrayals, but we're talking about Marlon Brando's portrayal and um it's just not enough to me. Like you can debate it's a supporting character and um like I said, you're rooting for him to come back on screen the whole time, but is it a big enough deal to me and um compared to the dude, no. Yeah. No, very oh. fair. Yeah, no, it's that's just it. Um, it's Lebowski for me as well. Um, I don't know. I, I love Vito Corleone. Like I'm, I'm not gonna not watch The Godfather. I prefer The Godfather over The Big Lebowski. Like at the end of the day, like that's that's my go-to film between the two. Um, 
But it's just, you're right, it's a matter of character here. We're not talking about the film. Vito's not around very much. If I'm, if I'm you know, if I'm going to make fun of um, Hannibal Lecter for not being on the screen a ton, then I got to do the same for Vito. I got to be consistent here. And uh, that's just it. I, on the other hand, will not be consistent and will vote for this sweep of the Big Lebowski. Um, yeah, no, for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, um, especially with it being Marlon Brando, too, who kind of signifies the Godfather, like you're saying with Robert De Niro. When I think of Robert De Niro, I don't think of the Godfather, but when I think of Marlon Brando, I do. So I think that's his strongest portrayal. And even still, uh, the dude is, yeah, he's the one in a million, man. The only reason I voted against him with Alonzo Harris was because Alonzo Harris has this very manipulative personality to me that uh, really made a unique twist of the dirty cop. But Vito Corleone, yeah, he's the mob boss. He's he's the this, he's the that. And uh, yeah, no, I think the Big Lebowski is the way to go. Okay, up next we got the James, 11 seed for... No, no, I had a question. Uh, James, just oh. because uh, you asked me, like, where does The Godfather... Well, you asked me about your questioning my favorite movies. Where does The Godfather rank among your favorite movies? Because I didn't really know that you were even a fan of the movies, and uh, you do you do like to watch it. Where would you say it ranks? Top 20? Top 30. It's top, I was going to say, it's top 30 for me, but... Maybe, maybe top 25? It's close. It's really good. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, it's fantastic. It's really fucking good, man. But... Just, just just don't don't go past the second one, that's all. That's I got to be honest, I know I've seen the third, but I don't remember almost anything about it. I know I just didn't like it. It's like it's like almost I want to say it's almost like 4 hours or something ridiculous and it's just I know what they're trying to do and it's it's kind of cool, you know, like you want to put Michael in the role of Vito 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But it's just like Give it a break. Do this in two hours. Wrap it up. Make it yeah. quick. Make it short. Collect your money. Go home. Yeah, we all we all but know they, Al Pacino's a we all know Al Pacino's a, a good actor. He's going to be in scent of, scent of a woman in a few years, so we don't need to make Ooh, the Godfather uh, three. We could just watch Scent of a Woman. There it is. I've seen things, you know. Love that movie. <laughs> um, up next, we got the eleven seed Ferris Bueller. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Matthew oh, Broderick against the 14th seed M. Gustav from the Grand Budapest Hotel, Ralph Fiennes. Uh, I, again, have not seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, so I will be defaulting my answer to uh, Ferris Bueller, and I will leave the floor to you fine gentlemen. Yeah, so for the same reasons I said in the initial rounds, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Ferris Bueller character. I love the movie. I mean... I know the character is essential to the movie in a way, but uh, just not for me. And I love Gustav, so I'm going with M. Gustav, obviously. I I can't believe this is going to happen. Um, yeah, like the, these are two um, again movies that I really enjoy, and I I watch. Um, I rewatch Ferris Bueller more often than I watch The Grand Budapest. Kind of because Ferris Bueller's a nice movie. Like, even if you're doing other stuff, you can kind of throw it on in the background, pay attention here and there, and enjoy parts of it. Uh, yeah. That's the only knock around Grand Budapest. you got to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, 100%. But that, that's not a it's not a knock against the movie. It's just, uh, that's actually a good thing. You need to be yeah. fully attentive. 
Um, it's in depth. So yeah, like I've I've only seen it maybe three times, but I'm gonna say probably twice. Um, but I'm probably gonna go M. Gustav here. I think. Nice. Uh, there's just something. There's something about him, man. And the, like the the thing the thing for me is it's very much another role. I don't really think there's a. I can't think of another actor on planet Earth that could have played M. Gustav the way Ray Fiennes did. Ray Fiennes is a yeah. very very underrated actor, and um, yeah. there's a reason why he makes movies that are primarily set in Europe. Usually, is because he's you know more comfortable with a lot of those plots. He's a European actor and. Um, doesn't do a, an American accent very well, so he pretty much plays European characters. Um, but luckily, M. Gustav is one of those characters, so um, yeah, he has the ability to do that, and I'm picking M. Gustav. Let's go. Cookson. Cookson, are you listening? <laughs> do you see this? Okay. Um... Last of the second round, we got the two seed double, uh, Doctor Hannibal Lecter uh, from Silence of the Lambs yeah. against the ten seed. You make Forrest sure you get Gump that doctor in there. He worked very hard for that. <laughs> get that uh, PhD. How dare you take anything away from Doctor Hannibal Lecter? Uh, yeah, uh, I loved Forrest Gump in the last round. I don't hate Heck, uh, Lecter in the next round, but he hasn't. You know, it's not like. I went and watched the film between rounds and grew this new appreciation for him. So I'm sticking with Forrest Gump on this next one and um, getting that out of the way. Are right. you, you guys are telling me you haven't been watching Science of the Lambs this whole time? See, I'm at the scene now where Buffalo Bill uh, <laughs> finally has the girl and the dog in the hole there and uh, it rubs a lotion on its skin. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm, I'm going Lecter here. Uh, a pretty predictable one because, again, I, I think Forrest Gump's a pretty cool original character. But um, Forrest Gump is still still somewhat a product of the movie that he's in a little bit. Um, Lecter, for me, just kind of redefines the whole serial killer look in movies. Like, it, it's just a very different portrayal. Um, of course, based on a book, but it's... The idea that we're going to go to this guy who's just the most dangerous person on earth and kind of pick his brain and he's willing to contribute because he's so fascinated in the the pursuit, I guess. Like, it, it, to me, it's just super interesting. Um, I'm going Lecter. They're both great characters. Fog. It's a tough one, fellas. So we got one Mike, Gump, Mike one, wants to go one home Lecter. At this point. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the swing vote in this one. Um, especially because Forrest Gump has a like a special place in my heart, a little bit. I would say I think he's got a special place in everyone's heart because it's Tom Hanks and it's Forrest Gump. But Doctor Hannibal Lecter, at the same point, he's this analytical, evil being, and you 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 just love listening to you hang on to every word that he says in a way. And then Forrest Gump, I fuck, it's tough. Um, I don't know. Good or evil? Good or evil? I guess is the question at the end of the day. We're looking for best, Mike. We're not looking for good or evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Dr. Hannibal Lecter. That's it. Wow. All right. With no supporting basis for your argument. I like it. <laughs> 
Well, there is a little bit of supporting basis. I mean, right. like, I guess it's it it wasn't a great argument, but um, I, you guys kind of highlighted all the arguments, so you stand up for yourself, Mike. You know, just take a stance. What would what would Tank think? What would Tank think? That's a yeah. good question. So the first bracket that does not feature a one seed in the Sweet Sixteen. Wow. Um, James Bond from the James Bond films at eight, going up against the Dude from The Big Lebowski at four. I'm not, I'm not kicking that off. Not going first. <laughs> like going James I'll Bond. kick off any ones you want. I'm not touching that one yet. Going James Bond. Um, at this this stage of the bracket, it's it's personal preference for me. I like Bond better. Got nothing against the Dude. I think he's a really uh, really interesting original character. Um, not sure he could do 27 films. Just there. That's it. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll go. Um, yeah, I'm going James Bond as well. The dude, he's unique. He's the one in a million. Um, but yeah, James, James Bond, Dan and Craig, he's my Bond. He's my guy. <laughs> that's my um, Bond. <laughs> that's my, my Bond, you know? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's it, it's tough. Is does he have more Bond movies coming out? Daniel Craig, or is there yes, talk sir. of Idris Elba? There was supposed to be. There was supposed to be one last month, but yeah. it uh, got delayed for COVID, and we'll see you in November. Yeah, it's still coming. It's done. Yeah, I, I mean, believe it's just a matter. Yeah, of, it is. It's about it's a matter of finishing production. So we more than likely will get one by the end of the year. It's just a matter of when they're going to release it and how it gets no, released. November fifth. Yeah. Well. For now, it was supposed to be April eighth, and then yeah. they delayed it because of Corona. No, I know. I'm I'm saying like if it gets released in November, like it might not oh. get released in November. I'm saying I thought you were talking like they were still working on. No, it well, I mean, I think I think they had to finish production, and it took a little bit longer. But whether or not we get it as a digital release or something, I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, I could watch a hundred more James Bond movies with Daniel Craig, and. I mean, granted, I could watch a lot more movies with Jeff Bridges as the dude, but bring um, back Connery. <laughs> strong, strongly opposed to another a hundred with Daniel Craig. I don't really see the point of watching him at ninety six from his fucking deathbed <laughs> give orders to a younger. Be interesting. Yeah, they don't. They don't need to do that. I would have gone. You know, I would have gone the dude, but um, he's losing to James Bond, so I don't. It's that's okay. What's cooler than that? Yeah, like that. that What's that's maybe the, the only guy had, that could have killed him because the guy if, fucking if the, escapes yeah. death so often. Like you know, if the dude had to go out, he'd probably want it to be Bond. He'd like you know what I mean. Like just I'm not fighting that guy. Just, you know, I'm gonna sit here and I want to go bowling instead or something. You know what I mean? Like any last words, Mister yeah. Lebowski? Uh, you don't call me Mister Lebowski, man. I'm the, you call me the dude. You know, because that's who I am, or <laughs> duder, or. His dudeness, you know. <laughs> Are you looking to be killed, Mister Lebowski? I'm not looking to do anything. Man, I'm just, I just trying wanna to get... do me. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, man. You know, like there it is. I hate the fucking eagles, um, man. Uh, in the other half of the bracket, we've got the two seed Doctor Hannibal Lecter from Sons of the Lambs against uh, number 14 M. Gustav from the Grand Budapest Hotel uh, once again a character that I have not seen uh, continues to persevere 
Um, so I guess I'm going with Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who I've voted against twice to this point, but c'est la vie. <laughs> what are you saying there, tarps off Mike Wern? Are we, uh, we going to make another upset happen here, or what? <laughs> um, uh, no, unfortunately not this round. Yeah. <laughs> this is unfortunately uh, where the road ends for Mr. Yeah. Gustav. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Gustav. You have ran into an unbeatable foe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, uh, for reasons already said a hundred times, um, but yeah. Yeah, it, the problem is, is if you really try to dissect M. Gustav, um, I'm not really sure that him as a person has a lot of, like, uh, you know, massively, like, things that I would identify as a huge characteristic of his, like, he's more or less just kind of whimsical and, um fits into his role quite well but uh Hannibal Lecter is just an incredibly unique character in the history of cinema and um just to a level that M. Gustav doesn't get to unfortunately so it's Hannibal Lecter yeah. it's a good run though that was a really that's a good sweet run. 16 birth for fucking M. Gustav a guy who <laughs> the, the first time I saw the movie didn't even really think about and the more you watch the movie it's like holy shit he's awesome yeah. So. Oh, there it is. Two characters remain for the lead male category. Um, on to the supporting males. The final corner of our bracket before we dive into the final eight characters. Uh, going in the first round, we've got the Joker uh, from The Dark Knight yeah. as portrayed by Heath Ledger. Not the only Joker that could have made an appearance, I suppose. Uh, For me, definitely, going... but... <laughs> Not according to the Academy. Uh, going up against number 16, Joe Bang from Logan Lucky. Uh, portrayed Joe Bang! By, uh, Daniel Craig. Joe fucking Bang, baby. <laughs> I have not seen Logan Lucky, so I Fuck. am voting the Joker, which I would have yeah. voted anyway, probably. James, just, um, <laughs> like, I know you used to like NASCAR a little bit, as did I. Uh, basically, just picture a oceans movie, but they rob a racetrack instead of a bank. It's let's do it. Fucking great! It, yeah. it, it is. Do it. it is. I, I said to Mike earlier, it's probably my favorite movie I've watched in quarantine, other than maybe Boogie Nights. Like I, uh, I can't believe it took me so long to see Logan Lucky. Uh, Help me realize that Soderbergh might actually be my second favorite director too. I. I, I, I think the character of Joe Bang is so fucking good for a lot of reasons. He adds suspense to the movie. Uh, he adds comedy to the movie. The scene where, well, I guess I won't spoil it too much, but uh, with the grocery bag and things <laughs> don't work out for him, it's um, just yeah. nuts. Like it, 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 He's so good. But Heath Ledger's The Joker is kind of right up there with what I would consider Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter's the greatest supporting performances of all time. However, the Academy considers Hannibal Lecter to be a lead uh, role, so that is something that maybe in the long run works against Hannibal Lecter uh, as a lead role when you compare him to who we got to compare him to later. Um, but it's The Joker for me. Like, it's just... Uh, what Heath Ledger did with that character was beyond what I think anyone thought he would do with it. It's just, uh, everyone I know who saw it was just blown away with what he did with it. It's just, it's mind-blowing. Um, so, Joe Bang blew my mind, but not to the level that the Joker <laughs> did, unfortunately. 
And not to yeah. the level that the Joker would have blown your mind had he met you in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, both characters sure. would blow my mind, but it's... Um, Completely ta- different ways. It might take Joe Bang a little bit longer to work out the fucking <laughs> chemistry. The, the, uh, the chemistry, exactly. <laughs> the, the legend just... <laughs> Oh, fuck that scene. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, All if you right. haven't seen Logan Lucky, check it out. Yeah. And good. that is a sweep for the Joker, uh, by the way. Tommy DeVito what did, did, from Goodfellas. Did Mike, did Mike give a... Oh, did he not? An, I don't think he oh, said anything, but... Sorry, Mike. Not uh, that it at the end, makes a difference. little but. caveat. Yeah, it was a sweep. But you like Joe Bang, so, you know, maybe... <laughs> Joe, yeah. No, Joe Bang is fucking awesome. One, one of the main reasons why Logan Lucky was the movie that it was, to be honest... Um, yeah, the comedic relief he offers, I find, was his biggest quality, and it, uh, it doesn't fail. It's, it's awesome. I love, check it out. I love check Logan Lucky Bang. because I love a movie, and Tar- this is why I love Tarantino. It's Tino- Tarantino does this, but I know the cast going in. Uh, but Logan Lucky's very much a movie where people just keep showing up, and it's like, what the fuck? Even until the last 30 minutes, like, an, a two-time Oscar winner shows up the last 30 minutes, and it's like the fuck yeah <laughs> what is happening here like the, the cast is just stupid like it's insane yeah uh up next we got the eight seed tommy devito uh in goodfellas portrayed by joe pesci going up against number nine jack burns meet the parents uh film franchise portrayed by pesci's co-star in goodfellas robert de niro nice. um mikey get us going um i'm going jack burns uh, I love me some or uh, Frank Barnes. Is it Frank Barnes or? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Jack Burns. I love Tommy DeVito, Joe Pesci, but um, uh, it might be recency bias. It might be exposure. I don't know, but it's Jack Burns for me, boys. For those at home that aren't aware, um, how this bracket was formed. Like I said, I I, I read a lot of articles and um, I probably like close to a thousand movie reviews and just put a lot of time in um but one thing i did and and really did was the major driving force behind how the bracket was built was i got uh james and mike to uh submit lists of everyone that they thought embodied these categories names that they thought of when they thought of best supporting male best supporting and um both James and Mike somehow submitted Robert De Niro's character in Meet the Parents as Frank Barnes, and it's Jack Burns. But the the idea that two of the three of them not just made the mistake, but even spelt Frank Barnes the same way, I thought was just fascinating. I'm, I'm going Jack Burns, but Tommy DeVito is part of what makes Goodfellas such a phenomenal uh movie yeah it's it's probably the role i think of when i think of joe pesci but what robert de niro did in meet the parents was just kind of take the characters that he's played to date and just repurpose them for comedic purposes and i think i think it's genius i think meet the parents is one of the most underrated comedy movies uh of our time too I, i i the first one i the first one um yeah the series the series is solid i guess like like it's fine meet meet the fuckers is good like it, it's actually really funny 
Um, it's good. Little Fockers is not good, but it's it's I respect its existence at least. Um, but Meet the Fockers is pretty funny. Like it's got a lot of good jokes. Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand as his parents. Like Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, no, I'm going Jack Burns. I, here. I know this is a little bit of revisionist history given the recent events, but like if ever there was a time to put Jerry Stiller as Ben Stiller's dad in a film, like. Yeah, nothing against Dustin Hoffman because I think Dustin Hoffman did really well, but I don't. They could have what that could have been. They could have like. done Jerry Stiller as his grandpa. Sure, yeah, that would work. Yeah, true. Anyway, R.I.P. Yeah. Jerry Stiller. Yeah, uh, it's Jack Burns for myself as well. Um, again, like you're right, like Joe Pesci, fantastic job in the film. Um. Tommy DeVito is very much a forgettable, not forgettable, but he's, he's a mobster. He's a Joe Pesci mobster. Like, as, watch... as, as good as he is, like here, like, I don't know if this is what you're trying to say, but to me, when I think of good fellas, I'm not sure that he's my first thought. It takes me a few seconds to come back to Joe Pesci and realize how good he is in that movie, but I'm not even sure he's necessarily the performance I associate with the movie. Even though that is the performance I associate with Joe Pesci, yeah, that's the, like that's just it. Like with Joe Pesci, go watch The Irishman and and tell me that like what's different about Tommy DeVito to his character in The Irishman to a greater other than the fact that like the age gap, right? Like I, I don't really see a lot of individuality in Tommy DeVito the character in terms of the grand scheme of the mafia or or, or a mobster per se love the film but just i don't know i'm 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 it's a long-winded way of saying that i prefer jack jack burns as a character over tommy devito and i don't need to explain myself because it's my podcast so. <laughs> uh up next we've got the five seed dr king schultz uh Ooh. from django unchained as performed by christoph Wultz, up against number 12's once upon a time in hollywood Cliff Booth, as played by Brad Pitt. That's a matchup. That is. That's that a matchup. Right you are, Michael. <laughs> Holy. Kind of sick fuck made this bracket. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's Cliff Booth for me. It's Cliff Booth. Um, not easily at all. A character I relate with more in a sense, I guess. Did you kill a girlfriend? Take your shirt off on the top. Of- yeah, you know, I, I redo roofs. I kill uh, kill my wife uh, from time to time on this shitty <laughs> boat with this shitty husband. <laughs> he fucking pops the beer in his face. <laughs> I fight with Bruce Lee from time to time. <laughs> I don't know. The list goes on uh, and on, man. He, get, he's one of the coolest on movie acid characters. At two in the morning and kill yeah. a couple home intruders or what? Yeah. Couple hippies coming into my house, fucking trying to kill me. Yeah. No, nah, it was something stupider. Than- <laughs> Rex or text, text. That's text. That's the one. Uh, yeah, no, the train has left the station, and uh, Cliff Booth is on it, headed straight towards the finale of this bracket. One of the coolest motherfucking characters ever. Yeah. Um. Favorite, I would go Cliff Booth. However, um, this is what do I think is the better character. And that is why I probably have to go with Dr. King Schultz. 
Um, the idea that Dr. King Schultz goes to the lengths that he does to do what he does for Django is just nuts. Like, it, like it, it's, it's outside the realm of reality, almost, that anyone would ever do that and and that's the whole point of the movie right is it's both it it falls into what tarantino qualifies as a as a trilogy even though it's not which is inglorious bastards uh django and the hateful eight where it's the underdog wins in the long run right that's what he wanted it to be so i think within that the morality of the character of dr king schultz is unparalleled the the idea that he just seemingly makes in the long run anyway the right moral decision all the time i think is something to be said um i think they're both interesting characters like i said cliff booth has provided me with some of my favorite lines in cinema uh that i'll just i'll laugh at and joke at forever i'll never get sick of that movie i I don't think and um to be honest i prefer once upon a time in hollywood to django i think it's a better movie but um I, I, I have to go Dr. King Schultz. I, I just I think there's so many more dimensions to him as a character. It, it's it's my pick, but this is one of those ones, my common catchphrase over the course of these brackets. I'm fine losing this one, but I that's what I would pick yeah. as Dr. King Schultz. One point you made, though, is one of the points why I don't like Dr. King Schultz as much is he always picks the exact right thing to do. His moral compass never wearies. It, never. But uh, but I, I don't know. It's just I think that's the genius, right? Because like you you don't want him to leave Candyland with his fucking nose to the ground, right? That the, the that's what makes the movie in the end is the fact that he just can't keep his mouth shut, and he feels the need to tell Candy to go fuck himself because they could have just they could have just left, and the fact that's that true, he yeah. he just can't let that son of a bitch think <laughs> what he thinks. I think to me is what makes Dr. King Schultz. Like that's the scene that I think of when I think of King Schultz is the fact when he goes back into that yeah. den and tells him about, you know what I mean? The, the three musketeers and tell him, tells him where to go. I think is just, yeah. I think that's brilliant. That, that to me, when I think of King Schultz is the scene and that's what puts him over the edge to me is that, that moral high ground where he can't just let that guy think what he thinks. I think, you know, blows everything up in the short term, but it, works out for Django right. in the long run. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a, a good question point. for you based on your evaluation of the two characters. Uh, I I do understand that there's a trilogy of sorts that Tarantino imposed on us. Mm-hmm. Um in in Glorious and Django and Hateful Eight. And what caught me off guard was I I know it's a trilogy. I don't really know why it was a trilogy. Theme. It's and, just thematic. And, and sure, you declared the underdog wins. Isn't Daisy the underdog in Hateful Eight? The idea behind Hateful Eight is just it's all those racial... Um, if they all kind of banded together and thought what they thought, that Samuel L. Jackson would have been, like, one of the first to die. But the idea that Walton Goggins kind of teams up with him, despite maybe not being allies initially, and they... they you know what I mean? Massacre these guys for doing what they did. Yeah, I guess Daisy's the underdog, but I, I definitely look at Samuel L. Jackson as the underdog too. It's more of a social um, theme, okay. right? Like you're you're not wrong, but it's um, he just he just made it seem like it was going to be these three sort of revisionist history social situations, and um, 
the prisoner may be the underdog, but is also the villain still. So that's totally fair. I wasn't looking for an argument. I I I see the Inglorious Bastards. I see the Django Unchained argument for that side of things. I just I've never looked at Hateful Eight as really making sense in that trilogy. And until you said the underdog thing, I didn't really put it together. But I guess there's some logic. Yeah, there you're, you're sure. not wrong with Domergu on the surface level. It's more just a social commentary, is all. Sure. This is, I think to this point, this might be the toughest matchup that we have. It's not easy. No. I'm going Cliff Booth. I, I, I'm pretty much exactly what Mike said. Like, I, I think he's the cooler character. Um, a part of me thinks that he's the lead character of that film. Like, I know the Academy kind of comes down and, and it makes its own decision at the end of the day, but. More so, I, more I like so the, more so the movie maker in the studio. I learned that recently. It's more who they want to market. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's it. They actually campaign and and submit who they want to be considered for awards and how they want them considered. Mm-hmm. So that was a. I shouldn't put the onus on him entirely, but that's probably a Tarantino decision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, like the film is very much Cliff Booth's kind of. It, it's his story almost to kind of tell, like. He's he's the guy that goes out to the Manson Ranch, and you know he's he's the one that kills the hippies at the end, and oh, he damn. he kind of drags Rick Dalton's ass around the entire film to kind of you know prop him up and make sure he's ready to go for his next scene, and uh, he he really is the hero at the end of the day. Um, I I I I think it's the superior film. I I'll I'll say I I. I was going to say I prefer Christoph Waltz as an actor, but that, I don't even know if I believe that. Um, there's no wrong answer here. There's two great actors. We both kind of went down the middle on this one, and someone's got to win. I'm I'm giving it to Cliff Booth. You guys left me no choice, so let's let's stop <laughs> and, talking because yeah, someone's going to cry. And I would have hated being in that position. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk ourselves out of that eventually. We got to move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, not not to. Uh, like to definitely help your reasoning um i looked over i think when i went to see the movie with one of you i don't remember but i feel like i said this to one of you how i think cliff booth might be my favorite movie character ever and uh i wouldn't say favorite but definitely on the list like i i again um i get more enjoyment maybe out of watching cliff booth i just think that schultz is a better character but um sure yeah like you said, Sophie's choice on the last one. This is the hardest one on the entire bracket for me coming up, and I know it's not for either of you, so that kind of maybe helps where things go. But uh, this of, is not uh, an easy one for me. Couple of military men, if you will, um, colonels. Two varying got... alliances, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> we've got oh, Hans Grubenfuhr, um, Hans Landa. From Inglorious Bastards, uh, that translates to Colonel in the uh, German uh, military ranking, uh, played by Christoph Waltz, uh, against the 13 seed Colonel Nathan Jessup from A Few Good Men, as portrayed by Jack Nicholson. Uh, any takers to take things away? I will defer. Um, yeah, I'll I'll start, and you know what? It's it's easy for me, a little embarrassing, but it's easy for me to start this because I have not seen A Few Good Men. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I know the basic storyline, but I haven't seen enough to um, fully make an informed decision. So on that basis, 
I think I would have picked Christoph Waltz and Colonel Hans Landa anyways because it's one of my favorite characters in a movie. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Colonel Hans Landa. There it is. Uh, are you still deferring, Mr. Brutes? Um, I mean, if you have in- something interesting to say, feel free. I don't think it's interesting. Okay. Per se. <laughs> well, I think uh, I know where you're going. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it as quick as I can. Um, I, I believe that the courtroom scene in A Few Good Men, I, I would really have to sit down and think about it. Um, it's one of the few movies that if it's on TV and that scene's within 30 minutes, I will move my life to sit down and watch that courtroom scene. Uh, I genuinely yeah. think it's, I genuinely believe it's probably my favorite movie scene ever. Um, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson going at it in that moment. I, I think, I think it is incredible. Uh, I've never seen anything like it and I, I, I'm waiting for the day I'm going to see something similar. Um, the intensity between both actors. It, to, to me, it almost felt like that they didn't know what was going to happen. Like, it, it, it almost felt like it was a one-take. They hadn't read the script beyond their lines. And they were waiting to see what other the other guy was going to say. Uh, I know that's not the case, but that's what it felt like. To, to me, what Jack Nicholson does in A Few Good Men defines why he is one of the better actors of all time and um it's incredible and the fact that he is what he is 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 just i politically would disagree with everything nathan jessup stands for but um i admire the idea that there's a character that stood for that the way he did having said that i think there's more diversity to hans landa um you know nathan jessup is a character, a caricature of, again, many people of the past, and pays tribute to a lot of different colonels in in you know American history. I think in a way, and I, I think that's super interesting. Um, but Hans Landa has the ability to just kind of he makes the joke about how the Jew is like the rat, and to me, Hans Landa's the rat in the movie, in the fact that he can kind of just hide anywhere and come out of the walls at any time and um he's slippery man like uh, uh, he he's a snake in a way like it, it's it's fascinating to me um the idea that quentin tarantino wrote that scene in the 90s and just never threw it away because he knew eventually he was going to make a movie about it and literally made a movie because of the opening scene of that movie he he wrote the rest of the movie around one scene because he knew how good the dialogue was going to be and everything uh, it's iconic for sure. They're both iconic, but, but yeah. Hans Landa lives in infamy and history, I think. So, um, it's Colonel Hans Landa to me, but it's, um, again, the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards versus a few good men, a few good men, um, courtroom scene are two of my absolute favorite things I've ever seen in a movie. So it's tough, but mm. it's Landa. It's a sweep. Um, there's not a lot of characters that could go up against Hans Landa and come out on top, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I I, I don't know how the bracket's going to shake down the rest of the way. I, I don't know how I could vote against him. Well, I, I wait till I next round. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like, I just uh, he he is quite possibly my favorite character in 
the history of cinema. Yeah. So, um, number six, we've got Anton Sugar from No Country for Old Men, played by Javier Bardem, uh, against number eleven Walter Sobchak from The Big Lebowski, played by John Goodman. Uh, everyone at home, this is the designated moment when you cock your guns, and we'll get into it. Do you have a cocking gun noise effect there, Brutes? I'm sure we'll mix it in. Perfect. <laughs> Brutes wouldn't let me down like that. Uh, oh, just one thing I need to add to the Colonel Jessup eulogy. James, I don't know <laughs> if you knew this, because I actually knew this at a time, but didn't realize till now. Uh, do you know who directed A Few Good Men? Rob Reiner. No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I can see some consistencies in the camera work now that I think about it, but yeah, I I actually didn't know that Rob Reiner directed a few good men. Um, wow. I will not start this off. I have not even begun to think about this. This is this is this is another one. It's like the last matchup where, um, I, I if you give me a minute, I'm sure I can come to a reasoning. But I I don't know. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Uh, it's Anton Sugar for me. Um, no Country for Old Men is my favorite movie, and it is probably only my favorite movie because of Anton Sugar. Um, he is. How dare you, Woody, Woody the, Harrelson? How dare you? Well, Woody Harrelson is great um, for the for the ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. And Anton Sugar is almost what I assume evil looks like Misery's on TV. in America um, in the sense that like there's no remorse there's no <clears throat> compassion for anyone around him he is driven by this sole you know economic gain within his own circle and he's not going to stop until the job is done and that embodies pretty much everything evil that I uh, associate with you know American capitalism, um, and I absolutely love the character. The dialogue is fantastic the entire way. He's there's almost something mentally unstable about him, and I, I realize that almost that kills someone. <laughs> it's almost like something ain't almost. right with Anton Sugar. <laughs> oh, you, no, oh, just, you mean you mean when he fucking presses oxygen oxygen into the fucking guy's head? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, is that you know James Bond can take a life in an instant without you know having any remorse, and none of us are sitting here saying that he's emotionally unstable. Anton Chigurh, if he wasn't a killer, I feel would still have some social issues <laughs> to deal yeah, with. Yeah, like like so. here's here's the thing with Anton Chigurh. Uh, whether or not there's a briefcase of money, movie turns out the same on his end. He's still just killing people. Like it, it <laughs> doesn't make a huge difference. I don't Maybe. think. Maybe I don't know. That's where I come back to him embodying the entire American evilness that is that is capitalism. But Anton Chigurh for me wins out. Uh, that's nothing against Walter from The Big Lebowski. A great character, a fine character, just doesn't quite stack up uh, as far as their intrigue on on the big screen. Brutes or no, I'll go, I'll go. Um, yeah, Walter. I love me some Walter. <laughs> One of my favorite movie characters. Uh, They're gonna kill that poor Walter. <laughs> 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 
He's fucking hilarious. It reminds me uh, a lot of Cartman from South Park, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes him even better. Wow, that's a perfect comparison. Yeah. No, you're very much much right. He he not only doesn't give a shit about anyone around him, kind of is mean to his friends. Yeah. More so Donnie. Like, he's not really rude to the dude, right? Because he knows the dude will tell him to fuck off, right? But Donnie won't tell him. And so he's very yeah. much willing to just tell Donnie to fuck off at any at any point. It's a good point. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, obviously, fucking amazing. Uh, Anton Chigurh. Um, the I think the scene that sold me was the the coin the coin flip scene when he's in the gas station. There, it just shows you how fucking uh, like not sick maybe sick but he doesn't do anything sick careless yeah yeah careless exactly like how fucked up he really is he's just torturing this gas station uh, attendant um what happens if i win the coin toss or what happens if i lose the coin toss you lose everything what happens if i win you win everything like oh man the mystery behind him the the sickness the whatever you want to call it, man. It just, it keeps you on edge throughout the entire movie. And uh, I don't think that there's a way that that movie is anything near to what it was without him. So yeah, I'm going with Anton. I thought you were going to Walter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know. I, uh, yeah, you, you a, made it sound like fake. you were going Walter. Uh, I, I'm yeah. actually going to make it a clean sweep. Um, but I, I will make this point known when we're, when we're talking about the two characters is, you know, we talk about, um, you know, we talk about these two characters, like the the one, the one issue, but it's not an issue for either of them. It's just like, it's kind of interesting when you're evaluating both of them. They're both one dimensional in the sense that, um, there's not a, there's not, we're not missing anything with the... (laughs) These characters, like <laughs> Anton Shagira is pure evil, and he is what you see. Walter Shobjack is a piece of shit, and he is what you get. Um, yeah. For me, the thing with Shagira, though, that I like I like is... Um, I mean, first off, like I've said it before on the podcast, this, this is the movie that really got me into cinema. That really made me look at movies a different way. And the reason I, I did that was with Shagira. Um, but I do think there's something to be said for what Woody Harrelson contributes to the movie because I think I think Woody Harrelson has some of the best quotes of the entire movie. Like, I, it, there's a lot to be said, but sh- the pure the the fact that Shagir is pure evil and that's exactly what Woody Harrelson calls him is just he is a villain that is reminiscent of other villains, but he does it in such a way that I think. Um, just captivates the screen. The fact that Shigeru will be on screen and not say a word for 10, 15, sometimes 30 seconds, and he has your full attention while someone else is talking, that's brilliant. That's brilliant filmmaking, and um, you can't do it without Javier Bardem. There, There's a lot to me that thinks that that uh, movie and that character uh, are unsuccessful without Javier Bardem. But they cast Javier, Javier Bardem, baby. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I, I, I love it. Um, Walter is something else. But, yeah, I'll enjoy that movie in my spare time rather than wax about it at this point. 
All right, up next we got the three-seat Han Solo um, from the Star Wars film franchise, uh, played by Harrison Ford, up against uh, Vic Vega slash Mr. Bond from the Reservoir Dogs uh, film, played by Michael Mards- Madsen at the 14-seed. I'll, I'll go Han, Han Solo. Um, obviously more... Uh, Probably, again, like obviously one of the most iconic scenes in movie history is the idea of Vic Vega dancing around uh, to Stuck in the Middle with You. Um, it's something that I knew about years in advance of having ever seen the movie. Like, I, I knew about the scene before I've seen the movie and uh, didn't didn't know a single Star Wars scene really till I sat down and watched it a few weeks ago. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Off by heart or anything like that. I didn't know specifically context or anything like that. So there's something to be said, obviously, there with Vic Vega. But uh, the I don't know. When I watched um, the Star Wars movies, the first three that I did see, uh, I thought Han Solo to be a very interesting character. To be honest with you, I think I, I like I, I'm obviously missing something in the grand scheme of the uh, the movies. Uh, there are better characters in that in that series to me, but um, Han Solo's the star that the star the straw that stirs the drink is what i'll say so han shot first so i'm going han solo uh, anyways uh, that's a that's a sweep for han solo there it is uh, get yeah. your brooms out uh les grossman at seven <laughs> in the film tropic thunder played by tom cruise against just, the 10 seed terrence wait, fletcher I'm, from whiplash by jk i'm Simmons. waiting for the matchup where we're just like oh this is an easier one <laughs> This is easy for me. Is it okay? It's it's less Grossman for me. Um, That's not the way I, I love both. You were gonna go. I I love both characters. I think Les Grossman is a hilarious take on the you know Hollywood executive, sure. um, and I think I think Tropic Thunder nailed that perfectly down to the name. Like how fucking hilarious is that that they named him the Gross Man um, yeah. in the film, and he's like. I, I shit you not, I went to see this film in theaters. And it wasn't until the final scene where he's dancing um, during the credits that I, I turned to my, at the time, uh, girlfriend and said, is that Tom Cruise? <laughs> and, like, neither of us had noticed, which made me feel a little better about it. But, yeah. like, that was such a good character in the sense that you didn't it didn't matter who the fuck was playing that guy it didn't need to be tom cruise like tom cruise definitely helped yeah they could they could have stuck not anybody but they could have stuck any other you know relatively talented actor into that role and put him in the fat suit and shaved his head bald and just made him a complete asshole and it would have worked like that that yeah. is one of the few um actorless characters that just got me. Like I, I didn't give a shit who was playing him. Didn't know who who the shit was playing him, but it worked. It was fantastic for me. It's Les Grossman. Yeah, no, it was, it was the perfect, the perfect um, supporting character role. And I mean, he's like such a small part of the movie when you think about it, but then such a big part in the same way. Like his screen time compared to the actual sure um, I, uh, principles of the movie being the gross man like you said but uh yeah no he's fucking hilarious uh when he gets that guy to punch uh damien in the face and fucking somebody punch died. him yeah so. um anyways yeah i'm going with Les grossman as well and side note caveat 
I have not seen Whiplash. Man, do yourself the favor. Are you serious? I know, I know. I have not. Yeah, it's the roller skating one, right? It's the roller skating one? It's a drumming movie. Oh, it's a drumming <laughs> He's in a jazz band. <laughs> I... You've 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 never seen Whiplash. No, I thought that was the one um where they're on roller no. skates. What's there's nothing that one with the, dude, the females? Dude, there's barely the... cars in the movie, let alone fucking <laughs> roller skates. Like there there's a car accident. Other than that, transportation's not featured. Oh my god. Alright. It, well, it is literally it is literally What's the rollerblading one? I dude, not rollerblading. I've never roller seen skating. a movie about rollerblading. Like I'll I'll, Tony I'll Hawk. find it. I'll find it. It's it's whip something. <laughs> Holy it's... fuck. Uh, I, I, I figured for sure that um Terrence Fletcher was winning this one. Uh, I would have gone um, Terrence Fletcher, but I do love Les Grossman. I just, I assumed we were all well-versed in Whiplash, but apparently only two of the three of us are well-versed. Um, to be clear, it's called Whip It, um, starring Ellen Page, Drew Barrymore, oh, and Kristen Wiig. horrible. In Bodine, Texas, an indie rock-loving well, no, misfit no finds a way of dealing with it. their small-town misery after she discovers a roller derby I league watch that in either. nearby Austin. Actually, I've seen that. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I've seen that movie. How was it? Not not good. It's kind of not funny. Good. It's not good. <laughs> I None of the characters made the bracket. Uh, don't really like Ellen Page at all, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would have gone Fletcher, but that that's fine. It, yeah, that's my bad. We'll, uh, fi- we'll check that out. Yeah, <laughs> final matchup of the round, we got Jules Winfield, oh, Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction by Samuel L. Jackson going up against uh, Alan Garner from the Hangover movie <laughs> 15 by Zach Galifianakis. Al- Alan Garner, not um, even close to my list initially not- until I talked to Mike and read a few articles. Um, it wasn't even someone I considered. And then once I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Super iconic. I don't know just... if he makes my top 50. Super iconic, man. Well, like, here, here's the thing. is like, he's probably my favorite part about the movie. But no. there's a lot of funny parts about the movie. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, I know, it's, it's Jules. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just... Alan, a, a very you cool, yourself, man. a really cool original character, but I don't know. Any anytime someone says Big Kahuna in any context, I kind of do the Big Kahuna Burger monologue in my head. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I heard someone in a in a conversation say call someone a Big Kahuna uh, a few weeks ago, and all I could think of was Oh, Big Kahuna Burger, like. So, yeah, it's Jules for many, many reasons, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you see what's on the TV? Is that Misery? Is no. That... No? Misery? Uh, it's Jules. It's oh. Jules, and he's got a handgun Are you watching the someone's movie? face. Oh, yeah. It's almost over. You're watching? Oh, fuck. Cool. Um, but, yeah, anyways, it's Jules for me. Uh, Alan from The Hangover is fucking hilarious, and I'm glad he made the list. He is unique and one of a kind. But um, definitely does not deserve to make it past the first round, especially matched up against Jules. It's a 
satchel. I'm so happy Alan Garner came into our lives for this bracket. <laughs> um, what would we have done without him? Jules, sweep, moving on. I think it's really cool that you were like the most rattled about him being on here, considering that you're the biggest Hangover fan out of the three of us, I think, too. Sure. The, the movie's funny, the characters kind of suck, but... Yeah, yeah uh, okay. I don't, I don't agree, but that's fine. We're talking about a, <laughs> a very average <laughs> comedy movie in the, in the grand scheme here. Uh, the Joker at the one seed from The Dark Knight going up against Jack Burns from Meet the Parents at the nine seed. Yeah, I'd love to get hot takey on this one, but um, for sure, The Joker. <laughs> like, again, I, I, again, I don't even know if I, I, yeah, no, I prefer the care. I prefer everything about The Joker. I love Heath Ledger's The Joker. I think it's amazing. I could watch, I've, I've probably seen that movie 20 times. I could continue to yeah. watch it. I don't care. I think it's incredible. Uh, the Joker. Cakewalk. Yeah. Second that. There it is. Sweep. Uh, number four, mm. we got Colonel Hans Landa from The Inglorious mm. Bastards mm. going up against Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at 12. Mikey? Mikey? <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> no? Um. Yeah, no, I'll start. I'll start us off. Um... Yeah, so on on one side of the coin, you got Cliff Booth, uh, one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever roam the cinema universe. And on the other hand, you got Colonel Hans Landa, which, I mean, could be said the same thing, except in an evil way. As far as character depth goes and character development, I'm going with Colonel Hans Landa. And it's because it starts from the very first scene in the movie and it finishes with him pretty much i would say but uh but yeah it's colonel hans landa for me it's he's he made the movie really and yeah there it is uh landa for myself as well um this is an impossible matchup someone's gonna win someone's gonna lose so i'm not gonna tell you why one should lose i'm gonna tell you why hans landa should win and that's because he's badass and uh german and i i prefer him christoph waltz there it is yeah, I um, probably would have gone Landa, but again, it's um, it's very close. I mean, um, you know, I I have said the the point before is sometimes with these uh, <clears throat> with these brackets is that I, I fall victim to recency bias. But James kind of goes one way, and I go the other when it comes to recency bias. Where James tends to value more recent stuff, and I almost devalue recent stuff, and I I, I don't think it's it's as worthy. But this is one instance where I think I, I maybe, upon initial uh, evaluation, thought that Cliff Booth might be one of my favorite movie characters ever. Like what, what, even when we're talking Tarantino, uh, Landis Landis still, you know, a top five, top three for sure. And I would have to think about it on Cliff Booth, right? Like I I, I still think yeah. I prefer Landa. It's just. The fact, the fact that, and I mean, like, I've always wondered with Tarantino how much of these stories we hear are true and what is, what isn't true, if it's, some of it's just legend, and the idea that this role was written for Leonardo DiCaprio, and the day before he was supposed to fly over to audition, Quentin Tarantino called him and said, don't, just cancel your ticket because Christoph Waltz has the role, 
and DiCaprio was like, who the fuck is that? That, that to me is one of my favorite behind the scenes stories I've ever heard. And the fact that, I didn't know that the fact that Tarantino was like, Oh, I'll find you a role and then found him several roles after that. Um, yeah, I think I think that's really cool. Um, just the fact that this unknown Austrian actor blew the fucking socks off of Quentin Tarantino and is now one of the most well respected actors in Hollywood, I think, is is just unbelievable. Um, so it's Landa for me. Yeah. It's it, it's crazy how good of a character he is. Uh, Brad Pitt dances one waltz but can't dance the other. Um. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> can't tell if that was good or bad, but that was interesting. I'll let you think on it. Uh, Han Solo at three in the Star Wars universe against Ant- Anton Sugar from No Country I'll let Program you think about six. it. <laughs> oh, man, that's not an easy one. Um... Not for me, anyway. Like, I don't... I don't know. Like, again, it, it, it's tough for me, and that's why I, why I kind of want to go first, is just to kind of air my thoughts, and then you guys are a little bit more informed on the one character than the other. So you can maybe go off of what I say. Is I just... I don't, I don't really think that there's an incredible amount of depth to either character that I've seen. You know, with, with Shigur, like, you can, you can explore a lot of avenues, but there's not a ton explored on screen. There shouldn't be. It's not a knock. It's just um, to me with with Solo. There's not a lot of uh, on the surface characters to, or, or characteristics to me that really grab me. Certainly when he was on screen and I'm watching those movies, I think it's uh, I think he's interesting and I think he's I actually think he's great. But um, for me, like Shigur is the focal point of his film. But there's only the one film. But 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 to me, like that that says a lot more than what I've seen from Solo. So from what I know, I I'm going Shigur, but I don't have enough to base off, base it off of with Solo. I just I I never when I was watching those three movies really loved Han Solo, and um, I found him more of a murky water character than than really someone who's hard and defined with with interesting characteristics but um i'm not going off of as much as i think you guys are probably going off of so uh it's one of those matchups i'll say i'm not as informed on yeah no that's that, it's that's yeah, fair go ahead it's a tough one it's a tough one for sure because han solo one of the most iconic franchise characters probably ever uh especially being led by harrison ford Antoine Chiquer, he he's interesting, he is sadistic, he's fucked up, and he he has your attention entirely when he's on the screen. However, the impact ah, oh, you know what? That's not even a that's not even proper to say. I just feel like there is not really the same Star Wars story without Han Solo the scoundrel. Especially considering the final trilogy, well, I guess all three trilogies really, but especially uh, the final trilogy. Um, but my my question to you, yeah. just because I don't know the answer to this, is is to your point, you know, money aside, just in terms of the story, do you as a Star Wars fan need, you know, like do you need those? Like, is Han Solo move the series forward in a positive way? Or does he move it forward because the series makes more money if they move it forward that way? 
Like, do you think he advances the story in a, in a positive way? Because I think if the answer is, you know, yeah. if he no. doesn't add, like, if those most recent movies don't add anything to the series, then what's the point? Is my thought. Yeah. But again, I I'm, well, I don't know. I'm just asking. It does because he has a he has a child, which is one of the lead characters in the new trilogy. So I mean, but is that a good thing? Like you, you're happy those movies exist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. I I like the new trilogy more than I like the prequel trilogy, but not as good as the original okay. trilogy. I it's hear. Kind of my one, two, I hear three. so much complaining from Star Wars fans. Is all. Not yeah. not about well, that I, specifically. I, like I don't even know what they're complaining about. Right. I just need to no, know. No, they just like to complain. Yeah. No, I just need <laughs> to know. I, it was just <laughs> worth asking. Right. Yeah. But anyways, I'm going Han Solo, so I'll leave it. I'll leave it to James. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the focal character of my favorite film versus um, quite the bane of your the, existence, the coolest <laughs> badass in the universe. Um, again, I think this comes down to kind of what I talked about with the um, Hermione Granger Skyler matchup in the supporting women's category. If this is one film versus one film, I think it's Anton Chigurh in a walk, um, but. I'm I'm gonna go Han Solo, and it's it's because of the body of work, and there's so much more of the character involved in my life that um, is relevant, and and I, I endear more to than than with Anton, even though he is one of the main reasons that film is my favorite film. Okay. Uh, the fourth and final matchup of the second round, we've got Jules Winfield at two from Pulp Fiction versus Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder at seven. Jules. Um, Jules. Yeah. Who not, wants to not, this not, even, not even close to me. Not even close. <laughs> Biggest fucking uh, yeah. blowout of any matchup I've seen on this whole bracket. Just not even close. I think so. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. I admire Grossman for getting to the second round. Yeah, yeah, good, honestly. good, good for Tom Cruise again. Like, like, and, and the idea, like, I'm a Tom Cruise fan, and I a lot of people aren't, but I actually really think he's a really good actor. The idea that that's like probably his most iconic role is kind of fucked. Like, that's fucked. Like, the idea that the Mission Impossible what? movies made like fucking a, uh, over a billion dollars, and like a few good men, like Daniel Caffey, like you, you know Valkyrie, like he's incredible in that, like. The idea that this is the role that people associate Tom Cruise with is fucked. Like that's fucked. Is that true? I yeah. Is that yeah? For the most part, that people is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. It's iconic, that's man. It's it's that's great. Wild. I understand that, but you know. Yeah. That's pretty fucked. What do you What do you um, think of when you think Tom Cruise? Like I I probably I think Daniel Caffey, but it, it's a personal preference, right? Yeah, I think mostly Tom Cruise, but I mean, or <laughs> I think mostly Mission Impossible. Sorry, I meant to say. I um, I think of either Mission Impossible or Maverick from Top Gun. Like it's yeah, oh yeah like uh, again, like yeah. Top Gun would be an acceptable answer. <laughs> you yeah. know, bit of a toss up. Rain uh, Man, the final Rain Man, like it's up there, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. At the final four, we got the top four seeds, so this bracket kind of worked out perfectly. Uh, we've got the Joker ver- uh, from The Dark Knight at one versus Colonel Hans Londa from Inglorious Bastards at four. 
it's Hans Landa for me. Um, simply for the originality factor. Uh, the, the Joker is a fantastic acting performance. The character has been done many times. It will be done many times again. The character is where, um, you know, the one seat here with Heath Ledger loses a little bit of steam for me in the sense that there's so many different portrayals and angles you can take with it um, because it is part of this larger, you know, comic book universe, whereas Colonel Hans Landa is, is entirely original and, and based on where the director wanted to go with one singular film. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, Colonel Hans Landa is, is one of the most original supporting acting characters um, to date, but I, I, the Joker, Heath Ledger's The Joker, I should specify, is one of the single best characters I think I've ever seen in a film, hands down. Um, he drives the story forward, obviously, in a way that's unprecedented, but also in the same way, he he's just, you can't stop watching, you can't stop picking his brain, and Heath Ledger makes him this crazy being that you will never completely understand. So, yeah, the Joker's my vote. Um, I've never really been in a uh, situation where I didn't know where I wanted to go, uh, in terms of being a swing vote in these brackets like I am right now. Don't really know. There's a lot of arguments. I, I, I could make two and four, both of these characters, both of the portrayals. Um... Like, look, if we're going acting alone, there's no, there's no question it's the Joker, right? Like, it's, um, it's a movie that I've seen so many times that just, it, it, my jaw drops to the floor watching Heath Ledger as the Joker. The fact that we need to keep making movies about this guy just to add to the character kind of worries me. The fact that Joker needed to be made, um, I think almost takes away with the legacy of the Joker for me. Um, I thought it was a nice tribute movie, but I, I didn't really think it was all that good. I didn't think it added anything that I didn't already know about the Dark Knight, and, um, there are things within the Dark Knight about the Joker that I don't know about that, uh, still don't know. So, um, I'm probably gonna go Hans Landa here. It's, it's Christoph Waltz. Okay. Okay. Uh... The two-three seed, we got uh, Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction at two, going up against Han Solo from the Star Wars universe at three. Michael, yeah, uh, hmm. <laughs> well, I'll go first because it's not particularly hard for me, but I understand why it would be difficult for more informed people. Uh, in terms of the other character, it's Jules for me for sure. Like again. I, I, I don't really get much from Han Solo. I don't really think um, in those first three movies, he's certainly integral, but he like he's not even my favorite character out of those first three movies, for sure. Um, so, there's, there's a lot of interesting qualities, and you definitely can't make the movie without him. Or, you know what I mean, the other 14. So... <laughs> So I think there's a lot to be said there, but um, 
he's one of the most badass characters in a movie where there's plenty of badass characters, there's plenty of reasons to bet against him. Um, I don't know. I, I, until I need to get really deep into it, I, I, it's jewels for me. Yeah. It, it, it's a tough one. Cause you have two, two of the biggest badasses in cinema, really. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, but that being said, I don't completely disagree with you there, Brutes, on Han Solo's prompt, prompt I don't know, um, like, his importance is not the right word I'm trying to get across, but his, um, I don't know, his center stageness, I guess I should say. Whereas Jules Winfield, on the other hand, I, I find plays way more of an integral part of Pulp Fiction, and he's, uh, he's, he's a fucking gangster, man. Like, come on. Nevertheless, it is tough. And, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jules Winfield, and it, I can't. It's a coin toss, to be honest. Okay. Um, well, I, I would have gone solo myself. Um, uh, I love Winfield. I think there's a really interesting character there. Pulp Fiction does a really good job of exploring a lot of different characters and introducing you to a lot of interesting people and... Uh, you get a little taste for each of them, and it leaves you almost wanting more. Um, and, you know, by all accounts, we're not going to get any more Jules Winfield. Um, and that's okay. Um, but we got a lot of Han Solo. We got to experience the arc of the character, the death of the character, um, the beginning of the character before Harrison Ford even had the role for that matter um, I, 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 I see what Brutes is saying about his importance in terms of the, the first three films to me and, and, and I don't know if, if this is commonality amongst Star Wars fans because I haven't seen it expressed by anybody else to me Han Solo has always represented that it's okay for the characters of the universe not to be good. Like there's, there's this whole overarching theme of you're either on the good side or the bad side, the dark, you know, the Sith or the Jedi, you're, you're one or the other. And for me, Han Solo was always that asterisk. He was the, you know, the, the guy that was, no, I'm going to be both. You know what I mean? Like, like, fuck you. You you can tell me that I have to be one or the other. I'm going to ride down the middle. I want to kill somebody out of rage. I'm going to kill somebody out of rage. I want to save the good guy because it helps me. I'm going to do that. And there really was no other character like that throughout the majority of the series. And I always found that that was one of the contributing factors to that teetering that you found Luke in on the uh, third film, Return of the Jedi, where it was the whole film you're kind of wondering like oh is 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 luke actually going to go to the dark side and a lot of people say that that's that's vader that's the 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 emperor to me that's han solo and and his ability to to kind of say to luke like hey it's okay man like you you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be completely white you can be a little gray sometimes you know you know and and for me that that's what makes han solo one of the greatest 
cinema characters uh, that I that I can think of, and uh, that's fine. He he loses to a great adversary, and I can respect that. Uh, gentlemen, we are down to our last eight characters. Mm. Um, Good God, f- four female, four men. Um, we're going to jump back to the support, or the sorry, the lead female characters. Um, as we break this down, we've got Marge Gunderson from Fargo. You'll remember at the one seed, played by Frances McDormand, going up against Ellen Ripley from the Alien uh, series, played by Sigourney Weaver at the three seed. Uh, Michael, you're our guest. Uh, this is the final eight. Uh, would you care to take us away? Yeah, I'm. I'm going with Ellen Ripley. I'll just start it off. That is because not only her iconic, I, I, iconicness, if that's a word, iconicism, um, iconicism, <laughs> her iconicism, but also hers uh, blazing the trail for future uh, female actresses. Um, nothing against Marge Gunderson at all. That role is awesome that character is amazing but uh alan ripley to me is leaps and bounds yeah it's it's ellen for me as well uh i've i've said it enough times on the pod uh, on this episode even it's it's a a breakthrough uh, you know breaking that glass ceiling for uh female actors and uh, actresses i should say sorry um and exploring more for what they have to offer within cinema and and she was a big reason why uh, we have what we have today. So, clean sweep. Um, it is one of those characters that I think at a, at a certain point we're getting there. That um, if you ask me again, like Han Solo, to um, provide you character characteristics of Ellen Ripley, it's not a lot. But because of what she represents within her movies, which is the hero and and does it as a uh, female body she kind of sets the table for marge gunderson in a way like even in a movie that's a completely different genre um she she is very much like the first leading lady that kicks ass ever you know like 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 especially in that genre she she is standalone so i think that in terms of the characters it's a little bit different but I do have to give the nod to Sigourney Weaver just because of the influence. So, uh, yeah, it would have been a sweep. I, I, I would go Ellen Ripley as well. There it is. The broom makes another appearance. Boom. Boom, um, guys. In the supporting female category finals, we've got the one-seed princess Leia Organa from the Star Wars series against the two-seed Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Um, I'll get things going here. I, I lost out on Han Solo. I'm going to do my best here to save... Uh, or Leah. I I love both characters. I can't state that enough. Uh, Pulp Fiction, one of one of the best films ever made. L- Leia Organa um, starts off in the first episode as a princess. She evolves into a general. There's an an arc to her character that is um, ever empowering for women. Um, that you know, there's this. You don't have to be the princess that has to be saved by the men. You can take a stance and, and lead an entire army if, if you so desire. Mia Wallace is a very, very interesting character. And I, I think she's very important to the film. However, she still does manage to fall back into that trope where she needs to be saved. You know, she has the overdose. She has that weakness. Um, it's up to the man to to save the the female in, in this in this case again 
Um, whereas at no point in the Star Wars series do I find a scenario where, you know, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, Leia Organa has laid down and needs to be, she needs to be saved in the first film, but, you know, her, her capture is not really a result of her ineptitude. It's, you know, the forces around her that, that have resulted in this event. Um, so while on the first episode it, it appears as though she's got this damsel in distress quality, she's quick to rebuff the the saviors when they enter her her cell you know like who the hell are you i don't need you i don't need your help like get the hell out of here and ultimately makes the decision that this is her best best course of action um for that i'm i'm going with i'm i'm renaming her at this point whatever i'm going with the general at this point um she she wins for me and um that's where i come down on it yeah no you uh made a lot of great great arguments (laughs) Um, yeah, Princess Leia, she, from day one, she, like you said, yeah, she has to be saved uh, in the beginning, but from, by choices not of her own. But from after that, she leads an army and she doesn't stop until the, her very last breath, which is still saving what she started fighting for in the very beginning. Um, yeah, Mia Wallace, interesting, one of a kind, yes but I just don't know if there's enough of a repertoire as there is with Princess Leia to get her to the semifinals here. So, yeah, I'm going Princess Leia. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't really have an opinion on Leia at this point because, um, again, uh, I, I have no... I, I, can't, I can't describe Princess Leia as a character. I, I don't think... I, I, I think it's very much um, a blank slate. I don't really think that there's any characteristics from what I've seen. So at this point, she she runs dry to me, but um, she has an impact on the series that I'm not aware of. So, um, yeah, I I can't really comment, to be honest, but uh, I would have gone Mia Wallace, for sure. Fair enough. Um, In the lead male finals, we've got the number two seed, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, from Silence of the Lambs as portrayed by Sir Anthony Hopkins against the 8 seed James Bond from the James Bond series portrayed by Daniel Craig. Do you guys think that do you guys think that uh, Bond could kill Lecter? Dr. Lecter? Dr. Lecter. <laughs> For like 40 minutes on the phone at the end. Uh, do I think James Bond could kill Hannibal Lecter? Shit. There's not a lot of people I think that could kill Hannibal Lecter. Um, at least not without them, you know, not without him being presented in like a paintball scenario where it's just you know here he is kill him like you know you could probably do that but do i think james bond could kill hannibal lecter yes but i don't know if that makes him uh that good enough uh (laughs) i i i don't know like this is kind of a tough one like these are two characters though that don't um again like if i'm if i'm trying to describe uh these characters like there's actually some similarities within them which is kind of funny but um i'm probably gonna go hannibal lecter but the idea of james bond i think is the most genius idea for a character ever like like it's it almost goes above the portrayals and everything like that the idea that we can make a character that has the background like this that we can just continue to make movies over and over again and they're not the same that that's genius the the idea that there's 
437 James Bond movies. And none of them are, like, the same. Some of them have, like, similarities, but it's, like, nothing big. Um, I think that's a genius. Like, it, it, from a marketing standpoint, it's something that goes... It, it's way beyond its time. If someone came up with something like that nowadays, before this ad existed, like, the amount of money these movies would make is, like, they, they would they would be second well, to nothing. Tried, and that was right? what I was going to say, though, is, like, you know, you have the Bournes, yeah. and you have shit like that, and they're the same, but they're not nearly as fucking good, right? So, the idea that this has just right. become, like, an institution, I think is genius. Absolutely genius. But it's just for me, like, as someone who comes from a background of, like, evaluating characters and characteristics and things like that, um as part of my education. I just that there there's very few things I really have to say about Bond at this point. Um I'm going Lecter, but I completely agree if you guys go Bond. It, it's fine. But that would be my thought is Lecter. Um at this at this stage is Bond for me. I, I know I had some difficulty with Bond over Jones in the last round. Um again, like you're right, these we're at the stage now where there's no bad characters, so like there's no point in saying, you know, that you know, I'm, I'm beating the inferior opponent. Uh, at the end of the day, it just strictly comes down to preference for me. Um, I prefer James Bond. I prefer all 27 films. If we're doing Daniel Craig, I prefer the five films. Um, Hannibal Lecter is a very interesting, creative, unique character. Um, one of cinema's finest. Uh, just doesn't quite live up to it for me. Just you know um goes back to the screen time thing that i mentioned earlier that's not a reason to discredit him but it's it just it adds a little bit of doubt in my mind as to how truly great he is versus how great we as a society has made him um whereas i think there's little doubt as to how great james bond is he's great because people continue to shove out money every time they make one of these stupid films and this is something that should have died long ago and somehow Everyone keeps, you know, I, I love it. Let, let, let's keep it. Let's keep this guy going. Let's keep this character going forever. See, James, you're just mad because if you met Hannibal Lecter, it would be very difficult for him to say your name the way he said Clarice's. Hello, Jamie. It's not easy. See, like Mike. Mike's fine. Like, hello, Michelle, and he, like, you know, it's not. It's not that hard, but. Jimmy and the Jets. Let's Hello, Jimmy the, the Jets. Jets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, no. Um, I'm going James Bond, and that's no disrespect to uh, Hannibal. He is one of the coolest uh, evil characters in cinema history, and he always will be. One of the most intriguing thought-provoking fucking weirdos on screen but uh like james just mentioned uh james bond's been around he will always be around i don't think that series will die unless there's like some kind of miraculous thing that causes that idea of james bond to die but yeah i know how rod felt during our logo fucking episode does does it really matter? The underdog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is one I actually get an input in. I get an input here, maybe. Probably not. Um, mm-hmm. Is this for the third round in a row? We've got a, 
uh, Tarantino matchup. No. Took a round off. In the finals of the supporting male character bracket, we've got the two-seed Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction by Samuel L. Jackson against the four-seed Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards from Christoph Waltz. Do I have any takers? Um, yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I'm going uh, Colonel Hans Landa, and that's because, in my opinion, it's really a toss-up. And to me, he's the character that had me from the beginning to the very end. He is this evil, sadistic man. And in a way, you just you can't get enough of him. I don't know if that makes me fucked up, or maybe that's the point of his character. But every time you see him, it, you just know you're in for something. And um, the way Christoph Waltz pulls him off is unbelievable. But uh, Jules Winfield, like... Come on, I don't have to say much about that, but that's my vote. I'll pass it off. Um, I would have gone Jules Winfield. I I think Jules Winfield reminds me a lot of and a character that I couldn't make much of an argument for because A, you guys are not too familiar with the movie, and B, um, it's not as iconic of a movie as a lot of the other things on the list. There are a lot of qualities I like about Jules Winfield that sort of remind me of Cher Horowitz in a way. It's it's sort of the idea that both characters are doing things that maybe they don't agree with to advance themselves, but in a lot of ways are really rooted in morality. The idea that um, Jules is sort of making a lot of decisions based on what he believes and and there are a lot of things that he won't do because he doesn't agree with it and i i i think that's super interesting um it it doesn't always make for the most interesting character right there are a lot of characters that do the right thing that suck um but jules doesn't always do the right thing like he's someone that can kind of balance the idea of personal gain um, versus what he wants to do. Hans Landa does that too, but I think the way Jules kind of balances the idea is a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more interesting to me. Like, like Landa's clearly on one side and then eventually he knows he needs to move to the other side and he just kind of does it. Um, it's just when we're weighing the two together, I think there's more to Jules Winfield that I find interesting. So, um, Landa for sure is, is a great character, but, but to me, like if they wanted to stretch Pulp Fiction out another 30 minutes versus Inglorious Bastards, another 30 minutes. Um, I think my relationship with Landa is pretty much done by the end of that movie. Whereas with Pulp Fiction, I'm not asking for a sequel, but they could have had more Winfield in the movie, and I think um, it's not a less is more thing with me. I think I could have done with more Jules Winfield. So I'm going Jules Winfield. I just think it's a more interesting character. That's fair. There's no wrong answer. Um, yeah, fine losing again. I kind of been doing a lot of it. So I, I'm I'm kind of in, interested, <laughs> like by your statement about more Jules Winfield. Um, I I find that by the end of the film, which I guess really isn't the end of the film, given the odd structure of the <laughs> sequence of the film. But 
I, I feel by the the last point that we see Jules, he's in a good place. Like he's he's made his peace. He's accepted that he doesn't want to live that life anymore, and you know he he's remorseful and lets the guy live at the end and and all that. So if if the argument is a prequel, I could maybe get on board with a Jules Winfield prequel. I don't really know if I need more of him in Pulp Fiction per se. But um, it's in an, in an odd way, you know, Jules Winfield and Pulp Fiction are the reason we have all of these great Tarantino films to come later. Um, at the end of the day, Hans Land is the masterpiece. The Inglorious Bastards is the masterpiece. That's from the director himself. Um, I'm taking Hans Landa. Um, I get much more enjoyment out of the character, um, knowing a lot about how history played out in terms of German officers. It was really cool to see, like what you talked about, that transition from, you know, total Nazi to, hey, we're going to lose the war. I got to save my own ass. And that's something that has rarely been depicted in cinema um effectively i mean i I mean what's interesting about it is it makes him the ultimate coward in a way right like like it doesn't it doesn't because like he is picking the good side but like it 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 speaks to his character being like just a rat like i said earlier like he's an absolute rat um doesn't make or or break the character for me like you're allowed to be a shitty person and being an be an interesting movie character like half the people on these fucking brackets are the villains right like it it makes it interesting but i i I do agree with you like it's an interesting thought on it it's not the way i look at it but yeah it's it also makes me wonder like on the same hand as like the winfield prequel idea like what what was londa doing before the war like i i feel like that's a character that was driven to serve in the war to serve his own best interest and at the end of the war, the war's ending, so I'm going to do what I have to do to serve my own best interest. And it's it's very much a character that I don't believe was ever fully ingrained in what you'd call the Nazi regime. Um, but he Found had a, a talent, he had a skill, him. and he executed his skill. Yeah, exactly. He, he executed his skill in, in the interest of making a, a living and, you know, living his life the best way he could. So... For me, I get more enjoyment out of Hans Landa than I do Jules Winfield. The uh, all-female final. Um, we've got Ellen Ripley from Alien at three, played by Sigourney Weaver, against uh, Princess Leia Organa from Star Wars at uh, one from Carrie Fisher's acting portrayal. Yeah, that's 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 an all-timer. I, I <laughs> flip a coin, yeah. I guess. We got a space battle. Space space battle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that crossover movie um, already. I'll Fuck. go. Yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go Leia because she holds the higher rank, I guess. General General Organa <laughs> for me. What is Ripley's rank? Is she just a citizen or? Well, she's got to be some sort of astro nuclearologist like... or something. Um, Ellen Ripley. Warrant so officer. so sorry, you're going Ripley. I'm oh. going Leia. 
I don't know why I thought I heard. Oh, right, higher rank. Okay, um, I'm I'm going Ripley uh, again. I've been beating the drum for a few rounds. I don't really think, from what I've seen, that uh, Leia is an interesting character. She certainly affects the uh, outcome of the movies. You know, I've seen many movies that just have a person who's like, yeah, this happens, and then that happens, and it's you know. Uh, a point B is not interesting necessarily, so um, that's how I feel about Leia. Whereas I find Ripley stirs the drink a little bit more. So uh, Ripley for me. You really love that uh, that that uh, quote. It's my easy way of <laughs> really okay. It's my respective drink. way of saying that I think that character does nothing, uh, which is what I'm essentially <laughs> saying about Leia. So okay, uh, uninformed, I must. Um... <laughs> Like, <laughs> seeing what I'm heard, what I hear is the three movies to see. Uh, I don't really get anything out of Leia, but she, yeah, she is very important throughout the trilogies. That being said, um, I'm going with Ripley. She is. They're both badasses, actually. Let's let's be real. But um, Ripley paves the way. She she's the original. She's the OG. And uh, she does it in a badass fashion. And I'm going with her. Okay, there it is. Um, Off to the finals for Ellen Ripley of the Alien series. In the men's final, we've got James Bond uh, of the James Bond series at 8, played by Daniel Craig, against Colonel Hans Landa of Inglorious Bastards at 4, portrayed by Christoph Volz. Um... I uh, I guess I'll start things off here. It's Bond for me. Um, pretty much everything I said last time applies. Uh, the 27 film speaks for itself. The fact that we keep coming back to this guy for more is just a testament of, of the popularity of the character. Um, Colonel Hans Landa. Again, I've, I've said this before. One film versus one film. I probably take Landa. But Bond and his body of work is just enough for me. So that's... That's where I'm coming down on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to have a dissenting opinion here, but it's James Bond for me as well. Uh, I've said it a thousand times. Daniel Craig, he's my guy. He's my Bond. Um, and the the test of time has stood that. And I think it will for generations to come, to be honest. I don't, I don't see that character dying ever, really. Colonel Hans Landa is <laughs> a banger, and um, not enough can be said. But um, it's James Bond, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, anything to add there, Bruce? Uh no. I mean, I I completely disagree. Now I'm I'm kind of at that point, but it's just it's tough, right? Like it, it's Bond, arguably being the, like one of the best characters, but um, to try to like. Um, agree on a portrayal of Bond sort of takes away. Like, Bond's always been the difficult one in this in this bracket, right? Because it's kind of like, you know, do you like Craig's portrayal? Yes or no? Well, no, okay, well, but I like Connery's version, and it's just certain versions are going to take away from other versions, but at the end of the day, like, um, there's no, again, there's no characteristics, really, to... Um, the character itself it's it's going to be a portrayal it's going to be a version of it you have to kind of agree on and to me like 
Craig's only goes so far, um, where it's just more or less an action hero kind of at the end of the day, where many other people in this bracket I think are more interesting characters. But um, yeah, Bond is still, I'm still going to keep watching the Bond movies. So there's that. <laughs> you, you and the rest of us. But to that point, I feel like irregardless of who is playing Bond, I know that was a key integral point that you stated in the beginning. There is some shared characteristic of the actual character Bond that is true throughout every different actor who plays him. And I think that's why he's been able to stay relevant from his inception until now and foreseeably for the next few decades at least i would think there, there's just something about him that is i mean it, it is the the interesting guy, thing though about he, the consistency within the character is is it's sort of the elegance right and the idea of that elegance takes away personality trait to me that's the difference it's just it's kind of this uniformed officer in a way and it's um yeah it's 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 interesting to a point, but I would say I don't really watch the Bond movies for um, the character Bond as much as the whole storyline, and that's the problem for me with a lot of the characters that we got to at this point. But it's it's very interesting that you say that. Just on a separate note, like I remember when Daniel Craig was announced as the new Bond. Um, there was this uproar that, you know, oh, he's blonde and all this. And, and you know, it was this defiance, this defense about what James Bond is. And I went into the film, not, I could give a shit what the guy looks like. You know, like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really care who's portraying him. I want to see the character. And I waited that whole film for the classic Bond, James Bond line. And I waited for the music. And I waited for him to order his shaken martini, and I guess you're right. Like I, it's it's tough when you say that you want to start separating uh, one actor's portrayal of a character from another's because the 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 character mm-hmm. at the end of the day I, I think supersedes the actor in in many regards. Like to me, Daniel Craig was no one when he became James Bond. And the next guy that becomes James Bond, short of it being, you know, some something like a Tom Hardy or an Idris Elba going and playing the role, um, the next guy that plays Bond should be a nobody. Because that's kind of what Bond has always been. It's just this nobody actor that shows up and makes his, his name in, in, in the role. Um, so I, I, I very much agree with your, your position there. It's, it's very difficult to separate character from actor in that regard and um there there may be a, a disjustice uh taking place in regards to um bond being here in the finals um but it, it's it's a very tough argument to have it's, it's very hard to make that separation for someone that that loves the character more so than they love the actor you're 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 kind of like i agree with you in the james bond idea where and that was my point right like it was just going to come down to if we were to put every Bond version in, like, they all get top 16 berths. And we're going to come down to debating how these guys order their martinis Bond versus by Bond the end of it. Bond. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just would have got yeah. stupid by the end of it. So, um, 
the idea of a character portrayal, right? Like it's gotta be a version of a character. And to me, just the James Bond character, because there's so many differences, I, I don't find that there's a lot of discernible qualities between the rest of them that differentiated enough to make it an interesting character. But at the same time, they do represent something that I think is interesting. So, um, that, that's kind of to me why Craig was like an eight seed at the time. It's just, I don't know. It's hmm. enough, but oh, that's fair. Uh, I, and I, I'll say that I, I think that there were certain characters for me that would have lost to Bond along the way. They just didn't match up that way. So, yeah. um, just kind of the way the bracket shakes down. I guess that's that's March Madness. I think I had I had Indy beating him. I think you did. Yeah, and now he's here. Who would have thought? Uh, here we are. Uh, you are correct, Mike. This is the finals. This is. Uh, the best female character as voted by the members of the bracket here uh ellen ripley from the alien movies at the three seed scurney weaver uh taking on james bond from the james bond series uh as portrayed by daniel craig at the eight seed mike once again finally you are our guest we'll let you take us home in the final matchup um between these two iconic characters right on all right so yeah you basically have one of the baddest female uh, characters ever versus one of the baddest male actors ever or characters ever. Um, <laughs> it's really tough because you go notoriety versus uh, trailblazer. Um, you go test of time versus uh, one series, you know. Um, I, I think... What my gut is telling me is uh, I'm going to go Ellen Ripley. And um, that's just to say how much of an impact she was on future cinema. And how much that character meant to uh, the time, the zeitgeist of of uh, cinema at that time. She, she killed it. And yeah, I want to see what you guys think. Um... Yeah, that that's very tough. Um, I um, I guess I'll play devil's advocate and go Bond here. Uh, I think these are two characters that are too close to call in a way. Um, if you are talking about the most iconic character, I, I think Eileen Ripley. If we're going with best, which I, I think that's how we're phrasing the the category, uh, I'm I'm going Bond. I I prefer Bond. I like. Like Bond, I've seen Bond. I, the Alien movies are okay. Uh, what Ellen Ripley did, or Scurney Weaver did as Ellen Ripley in the films is, you know, monumental and it can't be understated. Um, but it's just not for me. It's it's not really the type of movie I'm into. It's it's a, a great character. Um, for me, it just it's not really a a close matchup in that regard. It's gonna be Craig's Bond for me. But any Bond, right? Like, it, it goes back to it. Like, it's just... Most Bonds would have made it pretty far. And um, I think especially the new incarnation of them kind of has done something different with the series and rejuvenated it for good reason. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, to your point, I, I, I think Bond has even died in film. Mm-hmm. That's the, the whole plot of uh, one of the earlier films. So... Um, you're right. You never really know what's going to happen. I just I mean, like, even from... now, 
I, I wouldn't discount, especially like certain people who are making the Bond movies, to kill him off in the first ten minutes of a movie. Like, I, I genuinely wouldn't even be shocked, because I think there's a way to sort of backtrack it, you know, build a story on how it happened, even introduce a new Bond, like, at the end of the movie. Like, there's a there are ways you can do it that right. would make it work. So, to me, every time I watch them, I, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a pretty good idea, but... Yeah. No, you're right. It's... It's very interesting. Um, uh, and, yeah, at the end of the day, James Bond, There's, there's. I think there's no shame in saying that he's uh, one of the greatest cinema characters in, in the history of, of, of film. He certainly was our pick to get you through quarantine um, on our what to do Ooh, good uh, point. when you're bored in quarantine bracket. Second um, bracket he's so, won. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Man's on fire. Can't Join us next week actually. on our best-looking Englishman bracket. <laughs> actually, I was going to say we could just do a uh, a Bond bracket where we take the uh, take the 78 films, narrow them down to 64, and then... You know, every, jink, every drink a James Bond character orders in a bracket. Ooh. So if it's if it's every, if it's got vermouth in it, chick uh, that James Bond sleeps with. Uh, ooh, yeah, yeah um, we could we could do that bracket. Don't know if we want to release that. It's yeah, twenty twenty. Not a good um, look. I'm I'm a Bond fan. I'm happy he won. Go watch the Bond films. There's twenty seven of them that'll take you up till about halfway through quarantine if you start. Now. Watched about twenty seven movies um, in the last three days, so it can be done. There it is. <laughs> um, our thanks to Mike Warren for coming back yet again for um, another edition of the Laced Up Quarantine Happy Podcast. Happy to be here, boys. Um, I'm sure we'll see you again. Um, and the best of luck to um, Airedale, who is, I'm assuming, experiencing some difficulties during this entire pandemic world we find Oof. ourselves in. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough time for the tourism rough goal, industry. Eh? Yeah, oh shit. Um, yeah. Not Any, anything to plug there, Mister uh, Mister Wern? Uh, just smoke and mirrors media. I don't know if you guys caught it last time, but uh, yeah, photography, videography services. No matter how big or uh, how small you are, um, get my name out there. So could we you do start the next Bond film? starting cheap. Um, I could, but it might not make the finals of uh, not any be brackets great, eh? ever. Okay. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, if you have any anything you want to advertise, uh, or if there's just a little project you want to do creatively, um, yeah, just give me an email, give me a text if you know me, and smokeandmirrorsmedia.ca. Beautiful. Um, looking forward to seeing more of your work in the future. Um, I have nothing to plug because it's still quarantine and I haven't left my house that much to do anything. Uh, I don't have anything to plug at this point. Uh, I write articles about a team that um, is not going to be playing games for a little while, and uh, when they do, I'm not overly interested in the games specifically. So you'll watch. <laughs> I'll watch them. I'm barely cheering for them at this point, but fair enough. When we're back next, we're back next week at some point, I guess. This week, few few days. I, I mean, uh, um, at this point, yeah, we're going to be back in a few days, uh, hopefully with Mike Wern. So it it's going to be somewhat similar. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to you again then, uh, I guess. Don't change the channel, <laughs> folks. <laughs> should see if, see okay. if we should get our own uh, uh, TV channel. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a uh, get another box of wine. Okay, I like that. 
<laughs> uh, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, Clomper, uh, Portugal Radio, all those fine places. Wherever you found this one, go back there again next time, I guess. Okay. And, um, yeah. Riva Dirt. That's it. Uh, see ya. I read it there, Chief. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Eric, just eat that! Leave us alone!